It's Friday, September 3rd, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America! Steak for breakfast! So stand by! This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. You can find them at manrubs.com for all your barbecue-related gear. they got rubs, barbecue tools, blowtorches, t-shirts, coffee cups, everything you could really need. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off that order. You can also find Stay Ready Gear as one of our sponsors. They have holsters, custom Kydex, everyday carry-related items. You can find them at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Use the code STEAK for 5% off their stuff. The most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear, including headwear, can be found at Odyssey and Odyssey.com. Love it. They uh, have some of the finest headphones you could wear, whether you're in the recording business, doing a podcast like us, or gaming. They're on Instagram, and they're on Facebook as well. Like I already mentioned, Odyssey.com. Um, firearms. We all love them. Yep. We've all got them. No, I don't. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms sells them. He's been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating and is a licensed FFL. More importantly, he's got ammo. Mike's on Facebook Messenger. He's got a completely redesigned website, and you can reach him via the telephone at 619-870-6992. Saving lives. Sometimes you do it well. Other times you do it mediocrely. Yep. Yeah. Nobody feels more... Relax when you're cruising up to the scene and have mediocre medic apparel affixed to your medic bag. You could find them on Instagram and at mediocremedic.com. And then finally, definitely not leastly, the Patch Father, Marcho Friday, Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us, home of the Zero Fuck Stuck. Mark's got everything you need from Trump quotes on patches, t shirts, stickers, coronavirus veteran flags, and more. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram, and he's at dumpbox.us. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Episode 60, Steak for Breakfast. I'm Roan. Joined today by Noah. How's it going? That's not so bad. Oh, I like it. We're going to wake up with Linda in a minute. But before we get to the news today and joining us for the first time, he's a current senatorial candidate out of the state of Illinois. First time on Steak for Breakfast, Bobby Python. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Very much appreciated. Well, we're extremely happy to have you on the show, sir, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to come down. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Staying, staying very busy. Excited to see how things play out in Arizona, and then Pennsylvania is going to have hearings next Thursday. And, um, you know, just staying busy with that as well as uh, my company and then the senatorial run. Yeah, it seems like you're extremely busy. Now, you mentioned your uh, your company. Why don't you tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself um, before we get into the polit- political part of it? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm first-generation American. I'm the last of 10 children, if you could believe that. Wow. Um, 10. That's right. I didn't say I didn't, that wasn't an accident. But, um, <laughs> that's a lot. I, I was, yeah, my, uh, my parents were the largest family released from a communist country okay. uh, called Poland in the 70s. And um, 
I guess you can say there's a lot of states on U.S. soil that are now communist. So it's, it's, it doesn't have the same meaning anymore. It used to be a rarity and now it seems to be uh, a common thing. But um, I'm married. I have five children. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And uh, I've been a, a, a portfolio manager for 25 years. So I manage money in the financial markets, putting together portfolios of individual securities versus just mutual funds and ETFs. Hmm. And um, I believe in God first. Uh, U.S. Constitution and family in, in that order. Some really strong pillars you have there. Um, I like it. What was your, uh, I mean, it sounds like you're a pretty successful person. You talk highly about your family. You seem like, you know, well invested into the American culture, having so many children, uh, successful businessmen like yourself. What was the motivating factor to kind of get you into the uh, political spectrum? Um, well, I met this woman named Liz Harris okay. of Arizona and all places in Wisconsin at a Trump fundraiser mm. a few years ago. And, um, you know, I can be a little loud. And, and so I, at this fundraiser, I was kind of speaking loudly. She overheard me and she came over, introduced herself. And then we stayed in touch for a couple of years. And then next thing you know, we we're both upset about the, you know, the fraudulent results I set up a group on Facebook, had 40,000 followers sign up in a, in a few days. Wow. And then she she turns around and contacts me and says, hey, would you look at some data for Arizona? And I turned around and looked at that data. And then she asked if I would be willing to fly to Arizona to present it. Um, the next thing you know, I'm flying to Arizona. And, and then and I guess this is this is where it's kind of taken me. I, I was asked to do more and more states. I looked at how much fraud was taking place in all the battleground states. And then I realized there's nobody uh, that's currently, I think there's one senator out of Wisconsin, which is, is good, uh, Johnson, Senator Johnson, but there's nobody really making the case and showing the American people how structural voter fraud is taking place. And there seems to be collusion taking place between both political parties. And that's what's the basis for the uniparty yes. is behind the scenes fraud and horse trading taking place that leaves us out of it, but we get hit with the bill. Right. Yeah. The American, the American taxpayer definitely does. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's pretty interesting to see how you kind of got, you know, kind of sucked into the arena here. Um, we do vet a lot of our, you know, candidate guests that come on. We've had people like Teddy Daniels, Anthony Sabatini, Joe Kent all come through the show. You know, they all kind of express it there on the America First platform, but we kind of hold your feet to the fire a little bit and, and, and really ask what are some of the fundamental basics of your campaign that makes you an America First candidate? Well, a few things. I guess I'm, I'm, an, I'm an American first, not just from the standpoint of foreign policy, mm -hmm. but economic policy. So 100 years ago, one hour of every hour we were awake or alive, I guess, 20, one, one, uh, one out of 24 hours went to the federal government. And today that number is eight out of 24. So we used to send four cents of every dollar to the federal government. Right now, with debt included, we're sending them about 33 cents. So four cents to 33 is a huge problem. So part of my big thing is to um, restore and shrink the size of the government. My goal is to cut it in half over the next 10 years, some being a 10 to 20% haircut on the front end and then maybe a, a structural two, 3% annual decline for a decade. 
but the size of the federal government, there's no reason it should ever exceed 10%. In, in my opinion, I think we should have a constitutional amendment and we should also have a balanced budget. And now the argument is, you know, so that's, that's what, number one. America first also to me means two thirds, at least two thirds of all of our products and services are manufactured on U.S. soil. Nice. Yeah. With regards to food, it should be over 90%. With regards to medicine, it should be over 95%. So food and medicine are probably 90, 95%. Every other industry, no excuse. We should be producing chips here, TVs here, shoes here, clothing, everything. Yeah. So two thirds of our stuff should be produced on our soil to, so that we preserve true sovereignty of our nation as well as our individual and and so you know this you know a little known fact but right after september 11 2001 three months later china enters the wto while we were while we were distracted there's about 3100 counties in america and we've lost an average of one factory per county or one manufacturing company per county every year for 20 years straight that adds up to about 60, 62,000 factories have closed. And if you think about the ramifications to the tax base and everything else, all these communities raise taxes. Guess who's buying the debt? Foreign governments, foreign countries that hate us. And they, I think they were trying to figure out a way to buy up the debt so they could literally evict us out of various cities and counties across this country. That's how sick and, and demented and evil these people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. Terrible. I can keep going. You tell me. I, I mean, I could talk to you. I like Here, where you're there going. Used, there yeah. Used, no. There used to be, yeah, 23,000 pages of laws on the books in 1970, okay, in the Federal Register. And now there's about 180,000 pages plus, 186,000 as of 2019. It's We can cut back to the number of pages in the laws back in 1970. We'd have to get rid of 88% of the laws on the books. That's how how outrageous the federal government has become and now during that time, uh, you know, when you look at the, U- the size of the U.S. Constitution, it's literally only 31 pages all in with all the amendments. Right. So that gives you an idea how insane things have gotten. Right now, our federal government and state government is spending over $8 trillion when you add in debt. And there's only 125 million Americans that are working, full-time equivalents, 125 million full-time equivalent jobs in the United States. And so with that number, if you divide 8 trillion by 1.25, uh, well, I'm sorry, 125 million, there's, there's, a, there's a million millions in a trillion, just to give you an idea how big that number is. People have a hard time wrapping their mind around the trillion. But we're right now, we spend all in with debt well over $60,000 a year, $5,000 a month in taxes for every working American. It's insane. We spend more now on government than the average annual income of Americans. And that's sick. That's, this is how they're trying to take us over through this de facto slavery slash communism. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. And those numbers that you just rattled off at the end, I mean... Noah and I are in California, and when you talk about those taxes based off of what we earn, there's a lot. Yeah, those look like pretty accurate numbers. I complain about them all the time on the show. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, so right now, why don't you tell us a little bit about how the race is shaping up in Illinois? So like, what's the current shape of it right now, and uh, 
how things are going with you um, on the campaign trail. Sure. So right now, um, there was one other person that was in the race who recently dropped about a month ago. Um, He's out. He's going to be running for a house seat. And um, there's, I think, two or three other candidates. But um, one just got accused of fraud. Hmm. It literally just hit the papers today. I don't even want to say their name. Um, So that's not good. Uh, The other one, I think, is voted for Obama twice um, and holds themselves out to be a Republican. So they would be what I would call a Trojan donkey. Um, You know, they, they want to try to sneak in under the, the God mantra, you know, God guns and, and, and Republican values, but they're just a farce. Um, And the other person, I have no idea. It's like, I think they're from a small town down in Southern Illinois. So right now it looks as though, and once again, who knows, but it looks as though I'm possibly leading the field. Um, And uh, I'm, pretty i'm pretty uh i think the odds are that i am unless something i'm missing uh general flynn uh, did come out and endorse me on telegram yesterday that's awesome uh, which was awesome yeah i i'm i'm very humbled it's it's one thing to hear and and talk to him and maybe think about you know i might get an endorsement but it's a completely different feeling to actually get one and it's just like you know it, it's kind of a weird pressure it's like holy cow um now it's getting real, you know, <laughs> I, I have to really uh, make sure that um, I don't let the general down and, uh, you know, uh, all, all the work that I'm doing that, I, you know, it, it turns into something meaningful because people are, are, uh, um, are believing in, in, in me being a conduit. I don't, I don't view me, this isn't, you know, running for U.S. Senate um, is about me just trying to harness uh, the view of the American people and be a conduit for them within the state of Illinois, but also nationwide, because right. I want to restore what the Senate is supposed to be on, on a small level and hopefully inspire others, which is the Senate is so, supposed to serve as a check on federal government overreach. And senators are supposed to represent state interests, not drilling down on individual taxpayers, but rather what's in the best interest of the state of Illinois. And, you know, once again, that 100-year number, federal and local and state government spending used to be two-thirds of all government spending, and the federal government was one-third. Well, now the number is state and local is 25%, and federal is 75 So clearly, we have a huge problem. And to restore that balance, if states and local government stayed at $2.1 trillion, we would have to cut $5 trillion out of federal spending. Think about that number. That's how insanely out of whack it is. And I think a lot of it comes down to some of it's fictitious. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of it is actually fictitious. Um, you know, and I can go into that on a different show with regards to the national debt. I right. think it's paper entries. It's not real. They, 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 show, they show we owe them money, but they never provided anything for the money. They, they say we owe them. The debt holders, um, and I think it's it's um, uh, suspect book entry accounting that's that's going on, but um, you know that that's part of it. And then the um, uh, the the amount of money that's been squandered that we've paid in via social security, it was never invested. It was just spent, and it was pissed away, frankly. Yep. And, and, and that's why we need to dismantle the skim that's taking place between 
criminal elements in our federal government and state government that literally journal money back and forth to each other and take a cut in the process. Yeah, that's definitely uh, some things that need to be reexamined, I, I think, at the very least. Yeah, I've always been on the assumption that by the time I'm actually retirement age, Social Security is not even going to be a thing anymore. No. I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, news coming out lately that they're like already two years short on the proposed of when they're supposedly going to run out. That's awkward. Yeah. So, and that just gets into it. You know, I think a lot of that stuff that you mentioned has a lot of factual basis. And then you take into account that the federal government essentially bankrolls several of the largest Democrat stronghold cities in the world, or at least in the United States, you know, places like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and places like that, where they just keep taking money from the government at the nation's taxpayer expense. So those are definitely that's happening. One of the reasons why that's happening is we don't have strong senators in each state pushing back against this skim. That's the problem. We, we've lost our way in the U.S. Senate in this country. It doesn't properly serve the function it was organized to serve, which is to curtail federal abuses of power. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes total sense. Um, let's jump into some national topics. I think one that's big, you've already you know, kind of alluded to the fact that you're a numbers guy. I think we can all agree about that. Um, the 2020 presidential election, you've been involved heavily in, in the Stop the Steal movement. And uh, what is your feelings overall on what happened? And then what has your involvement been in in trying to get to the bottom of how we got there? Well, what's what's happened is is I do I do think it was um, it was it was no different than JFK being assassinated. He was assassinated in physical form, and and this 2020 election was the will of the American people being assassinated. Yeah. And they did it openly in front of the entire planet. They didn't care. They just did it through weaponizing artificial intelligence on an individual level that they can turn around and create messages and and signal to people how to behave on a micro level because of the fact that our our privacy has been been violated or, or stripped away by corrupt legislators. Uh, so that that's you know that's uh, that's what I think happened. Now, how did it happen? It happened by running a very sophisticated fraud scam. Now, the way I would describe it is, I want you to think about the money, the the, the banking system. If you if you went and printed a million dollars of cash, and let's just say that uh, you printed a million dollars of counterfeit hundred dollar bills. And then you deployed a bunch of people to deposit $5,000, right you know, below that $10,000 limit, you know, $5,000 deposits. It was really good money, though. You did a great job printing. And you printed it, and you, 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 you basically deposited it into 200 different precincts. Oh, did I say precincts? I meant 200 different banks within <laughs> a state. And then you put these, these $5,000 deposits in there. And then at the very end, you, you rolled it all up into a state that was next door and you took your million dollars out. And, uh, and then all of a sudden the people in the state that got ripped off, right. The banks said, Hey, we want that money back. And you, and, and the person that ripped it off said, Hey, Hey, uh, I, 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 I stole it fair and square. I'm not giving you the million dollars back. Now you and I both know we'd never be okay with that. Mm-mm. And that the money is not real. So the money has to be 
taken back, you know, or especially if it wasn't spent right. Uh, and, and, and it's it's fictitious. So it should be zeroed out because it was never real money to begin with. And uh, you need to go to jail, you know, yeah. like if, if whoever did that. Right. So I'm, I don't mean to use you as an example. We'll use a donkey. <laughs> and so a, a donkey doing this, uh, this is what they did. And they did it with votes. So they laundered votes into the system. Think of that as counterfeit money. And they had the ballots separated from the mail-in printed, you know, the mail-in ballots. And then they took those ballots and they had voter mules, no different than drug mules. So what is a, what is a voter mule? A voter mule is somebody, let's just say uh, their name was uh, Joe Smith, right? I'm just making that up. I'm sorry if there's any Joe Smiths listening and get upset about me using your name. But let's just say there was a compromised Joe Smith in the world in Arizona and Joe Smith said, you know what? I'm already, I'm a mule for drugs. I might as well be a mule for votes. How much will you pay me if I set up a bunch of fake Joe Smith identities? And then I'm going to go around and set them up in these different counties in Arizona. Maybe I'll go across state lines too. And I'll go vote in these different, different precincts or counties. You just tell me which ones are most important that I get to and vote. And, and then, you know, Joe Smith goes and votes at those. That's, that's part of the, the process or registers to vote in those. So Joe may not even do anything with the voting. He may, may not need to be at the 10 different precincts or 10 counties. He just sets up all the registrations at these different counties. So then what, it, what happens is that they're set up and now there's 10 Joe Smiths in the system, not one. And then, uh, then they look at the, 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 the order book, right? It's kind of like the bookies in right. Vegas. They look at it and say, wow, we need three more votes in, uh, uh, in these three precincts. Joe, you're on deck. Oh, wait, we need a vote. Well, Joe can't make it there. So what we're going to do is we'll take one of these digital votes. We'll, we'll digitally move one of the, the phantom votes that was entered in, you know, the, 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 um, the counterfeit ones through the ballots, and we'll assign it to that name. And then, and then guess what? Oh, wait, nobody even checks to see Joe Smith is a real person. It's like, wow, Joe Smith, you can pull him up on LexisNexis or other searches. Joe Smith exists. But, but then people are like, why are there so many Joe Smiths? Maybe it's a cousin. Maybe it's a grandfather. Maybe it's a son. So then they just look the other way. Right. They don't even bother looking. But what should happen is if Joe Smith had four votes and uh, there was only one real Joe Smith, the only way to prove that Joe Smith was fraudulent is to physically, you know, to go number one, track them down, or you have to uh, canvas yep. and find out is Joe, Joe Smith really, does Joe Smith really exist? Now that's, that's part of this scam. The other part of the scam is motor voter as well as rock the vote. Remember rock the vote and sure. all this other crap. Sure do. They get people signed up that are never going to vote and they get their registrations in there. And then those people, they know they never vote. So, and then all of a sudden they're sitting in the voter rolls. They never, ever vote, but they're real people. And then it's like, Hey, I need two votes over here. No problem. We got our laundered votes in this way. We're going to go assign those two votes to these two people that never show up anyways. And then guess what? When you're looking at the voter rolls, you're looking at the final vote. You're like, Oh, wait a second. These people are real. Yep. I'm not gonna waste my time, you know, but somebody's non-vote if somebody votes somebody's non-vote, they still stole it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so that's why physical canvassing tied to this forensic analysis 
is so absolutely critical and important. And it's, it's actually the key issue I'm running on, like running for U.S. Senate. Not only do I want to audit all of the 2020 results, but I do believe that every election going forward should be audited. And 7,000 elected officials in this country calling the shots on 300 million of us. Yep. There's 300 million plus Americans, 47,000 to one. There's no excuse not to audit them. You yeah. know who's audited every year? Every single publicly traded company in America. Mm. And if every publicly traded company in America has to be audited, how in the world do we not audit every single race in this country? Always when one joker in Congress right now oversees $10 billion of spending of our money. 10 billion, 10,000 millions. Think about that. That's the equivalent of like a 20,000 firm company per member of Congress that they piss away our money and nobody even checks to see if they deserve to be in the spot. It doesn't make any sense to me. It does when all the money that's getting moved around behind the scenes. Well, goes right but their- that's, that's why we need to fix it and yeah. say, you know what, enough is enough. You know, we want, we're tired of getting ripped off. I, you know, my big motto is let's get back half. Let's get back half. You yeah. know, if we could get, you know, of the eight hours, let's just drive it down to four first. It's a good then start. we'll kind of keep, keep moving it down lower. Yeah. And there's just so many people in Washington right now who just want to look the other way and look forward, whether it's in regards to their own campaigns. Well, it's one hand washes the other. Yeah. I think most notably and, and regarding Bobby was something that happened kind of went viral a couple of weeks ago. You were at an event. Um, there was someone who's in Washington right now who necessarily didn't agree with you in regards to uh, some of the election fraud that went down. And Are you talking about Mr. Crenshaw? Sure. That's going to be the new new line. Yeah. Have you been Crenshaw? Are you, are you that... Are you that, uh, um, you know, mentally deficient that, uh, number one, you don't know how to do basic math. We didn't need five states to flip. We only needed three. Yep. But he, he did say five. But I was trying to be polite and just ignore his ignorance uh, and just say, hey, I can explain it to you. You know, and he was extremely rude. If you noticed, Very. he kind of he kind of mocked me. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, this is the attitude of all these people in D.C. right now. Yeah. They don't view us as being represented by them. They view us as being serfs to them. Yeah. And, and I think we, we need to realize it's a temporary position. You go in and get the hell out. So, like, for example, me, I've, I've agreed one term and done. You know, I don't want to be in the U.S. Senate more than once. There's 300 million Americans. There's 100 senators. We should have 33 new talented people every two years taking the spot. And guess what? Then guess I don't need to spend a single hour the six years I'm in the Senate campaigning for more money or raise, trying to raise money. I, I'm in. I don't need to raise another dollar. Guess what my job should be? Shrink the damn government. Shrink it, cut it, make it more efficient, and get the hell out. And I think that that's the attitude we should have. We should in, enforce... Uh, term limits on these legislators. If someone's in office more than six years, primary them. Yeah. Get them yeah. the hell out of there. They're a bunch of scumbags. Uh, both parties are cheating, folks. Oh, yeah. If you're absolutely. watching this and you're a Democrat and you think, oh, Bobby's a conservative, he's got an axe to grind, I got news for you. Bush and McCain started this crime racket back in the hanging Chad incident. That's how they got all these machines passed nationwide. McCain is probably the biggest scumbag ever. 
and was a traitor <laughs> to this republic. Probably the most the, the most tra- traitorous senator the U.S. Senate's ever had. Agreed. That's so. So you know the Republicans started it. The Democrats got even better at it, and now we have a uniparty that colludes together behind the scenes to select instead of allowing us to elect mm-hmm. who our leadership should be, and yeah. that's the real crime. That's why they can pass all this insane stuff and just and just, uh, you know, smug it off the way that uh, Crenshaw did. I heard that Crenshaw had a hundred thousand dollar birthday party a few months earlier. And maybe with a hundred thousand dollar birthday party, when you're only making one hundred fifty to one hundred seventy five in Congress, you got to ask yourself, who the hell is paying for that birthday party? And that's that's the kind of nonsense that we're up against, folks is because these people are not brought to, to bear. We do not have a press that reports on this, this extravagant large largesse. Who's paying for that? Is China paying for that? Is, is, is uh, Carl Rove, who just met with them, paying for it? Yep. Is little Eddie Munster of Wisconsin, uh, Paul Ryan, is he the one that's <laughs> helping raise the money? That rhino that's working on Fox board with spreading propaganda? Yep. I'm, I'm really curious how many of their donors overlap, right? How many Paul Ryan donors were, were donating to this little Crenshaw guy, yeah. right? And because they're all scumbags. Now, keep in mind, I appreciate Mr. Crenshaw's service in the military. Yes. Okay. And just because someone serves in the military, I can respect that. God bless him for doing that and his family making that sacrifice. And the fact that he could have been killed and we all know he's been injured. Mm-hmm. And my heart goes out for him for that loss of his eye, Right. My problem is not that service. My problem is when somebody runs and says that they're a Republican, they should be a damn Republican. And the guy's a Democrat posing. He's a poser. He's a rhino and he's a poser. He poses as a, as a, as a Republican when the whole time he's just paid opposition on, on our Republican side that can flip votes the way the Democrats need at any given time. But he might be a, he might be a, a sleeper poser. He might be a sleeper Trojan donkey. He waits for years and years and years, and he might not be activated for 10 or 12 years. That's a good point. That's how, that's how scummy the, the left and the communists are. They set this stuff in the motion and they give you, they lull you in because you got Paul Ryan on Fox news and other corrupt news sources that just paint the narrative the way they need to to make everybody think everything's just fine yeah and that's that's our problem i used to i used to really like crenshaw i used to listen to his podcast and he's very well spoken and he provides like good arguments for different things that are going on but then you realize every once in a while he'll say something that's like wait that's it's once we really started to get into this show and we started breaking down some of like just for instance the border policies um, you know, the integrity of our borders and stuff that would go through the House and the Senate. And you would see him side with people like Nancy Pelosi a lot more than he did with the, the GOP. And it kind of started raising questions and we started breaking it down. You know, we, we've changed out a host this year and he was really a huge fan of him. But then when we really started to examine the numbers and, and a lot of his voting record and where some of the money's going in regards to him. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it just doesn't. We Like you said, we always give him the credit for his service to the country and the sacrifice part of his body he made while serving. But at the end of the day, it's not what he's done. That's what got him into office, but it's what he's doing now as a representative, supposed to be a servant of the American people, and he's doing the exact opposite, especially, you know, those incidents like you. It's kind of a viral moment, and we all made fun of it, you know, because you get to see him act like a baby and stuff like that. But at the same time, you you look at, like, the big picture of it, and it's like, okay, so that's one of the people that's supposedly representing 
you know, conservative voice, America first, people think he's a patriot, this, that, and the other thing, and then you hear the words that are coming out of his mouth, and it's like, oh, gosh, you could put, like, a, a Chuck Schumer face on him or a Nancy Pelosi face on him or even a Liz Cheney face on him, and, and you could see them saying the exact words that, that he was yeah. saying to you. So we just can't have well, it like that. Can I tell you what happened? I think here, here's what's <laughs> ironic about that whole situation. Go ahead. Number one, I, I was in everybody else's camp. I thought the guy was a good guy. I thought he was like yeah. a Republican. I heard somebody I work with told me, Bobby, you got to watch this guy speak. He might be the future of the GOP. I watched this clip and I was like, man, that is a good speech. That guy, that guy knows how to give a good speech. Yeah. And this was about a year ago. I watched this. Right. And I was like, wow, you, you know, I think, I think he's somebody worth watching. He had a little cute little commercial, uh, you know, like acting like he was part of the X-Men or something. Not yeah. X-Men, but one of these <laughs> the Avengers commercial. Things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I thought it was a cool commercial. I was like, wow, they really spent a lot of money on this thing. So I was really pumped to go meet this guy. Right. And I, I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. I wasn't keeping up with all these other things that I heard about afterwards because I'm busy with other stuff. Right. But then I went up to him to get the photo and I said, hey, uh, I said, Dan, I go, here's my card. I'm doing this voter stuff in uh, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia. I've, an I've you know, analyzed over 50 million records. And, uh, you know, Edward Solomon is working with me and we see big problems in Texas. So you should give me a call, right? And, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like dismissive, but he took my card and I didn't think anything of it, right? Like, okay, well, you know, he's probably like tired of hearing people say this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of walked away. And then when that, you know, someone in the military uh, asked him that question, I think it was Colonel, a Colonel asked him that question and he answered the way he did. My jaw dropped, <laughs> right? And it, you, I think you guys can tell from the tone of my voice, I wasn't trying to be sarcastic. No, no. I was just like, no, it, it's not. I was, it was more like, it was a natural reaction. Like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's like, like who, who are you? Like, yeah. And, and so that's, that's why the exchange was like, you know, the way it was and, and the room felt like you would think I had shot the guy. Yeah. Like the room <laughs> just went dead silent. Nobody, everybody was like frozen. Yeah. Mommy just slapped and, daddy at the dinner table. And, and then, uh, uh, you know, and I was like, I was like, well, you know, I guess I don't want to be here. This is a gigantic waste of time. Yeah, That's yeah. why I joked around on the way out. I said, I want my 500 bucks back because it was me and the guest. <laughs> I was like, this guy's a fraud. Yeah. Like, he's and not it, a Republican. Wasn't that, at a, I, wasn't that at a Young Conservatives event or something? No, it was a, an event out of Rosemont oh, uh, hosted, okay. hosted by a Republican group. And uh, all I could tell you is it was just like, what an absolute disaster. Like, and, but I, I, you know, I don't know if they knew he was a rhino like this. Right. I mean, so I have no idea. I'm just saying that from my perspective, that guy shattered all this goodwill, all yep. these things I heard about him because he did it. It was right out of his mouth. It was yeah. right out of the jackass's <clears throat> mouth. Right. He's a donkey. So we yep. might as well call him a well, jackass. Well, and that's the dangerous thing with those type of representatives because you never know until you trigger them like that. Well, yeah, that, and they also have a huge sway with our military personnel who respect what he's done yep. and, you know, idolize like, him. Yeah, idolize him or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, he has the potential to influence the way that a large part of our community votes just based on, you know, they trust this guy. And his persona. And they don't know, just like you, you didn't know all the, all the things that he'd voted for that are completely against what he should be standing for. So yeah, it's just, it's a dangerous, yeah. a dangerous thing with that kind of well, candidate. Give, 
One thing I want to point out as to why I think he's part of this whole, this nonsense, anti-American, uh, you know, movement with regards to illegal immigration. You got to remember my parents, I'm first generation. So right. my parents immigrated here legally and most uh, immigrants in this country are totally fine with legal immigration. It's, yes. it's equitable. You got to get in line like everybody else and you got to show up and work. And, you know, you don't, that's the way this country used to be. Unless someone sponsored you, and covered the freight if you were a deadbeat, right? You wouldn't just let anybody in. Right. You had to get somebody to vouch for you. And we need to go back to that. But th the fact that he wants open borders, I kind of looked into it. I think he's one of these cock brothers. Uh, he must be a, a, one of these cock brothers uh, uh, groupies or something. Yeah, no, so definitely. Those, one, of, one of them died. And those, you know, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. Cock, coke, whatever. I, I hear different versions of it. But I wouldn't be surprised if he got a bunch of money from them. And, you know, they they are all about uh, just completely turning the United States into an irrelevant piece on the board. Yeah, because their family, you, you should look into their family sometime. The, the Koch brothers, um, they they uh, I think they made a bunch of money, um, you know, doing stuff, violating the embargo for the Soviet Union in the oil markets. Hmm. Not any different than that Seth Rich or no, not not Seth Rich. That's the one who was killed. Yeah, there was a guy named Rich that that went to Switzerland um, that that Clinton pardoned uh, that rich. Uh, he's, this guy, he he donated a bunch of money and got pardoned by Clinton on the way out the door. Uh, but he made a bunch of money uh, violating the embargo, I think, on Iran or something. But these guys, you know, these fortunes that we see and people are like, wow, look at all that money they made. Well, when they when they when they didn't get when they didn't get the right uh, penalty, right, for treason, because that it was a treasonous act, you know, they're going to steal, a, they're going to make a lot of money, and then they could buy off our politicians for 50 years, you know, and, you know, like for years into the future, which is, which is why I think we need to look at this, because, you know, we send China three, $400 billion a year. And if you can, you can bribe every single one of our elected officials in this country with a million dollars a year, you can give them a million dollars every single year. It would only cost you $7 billion. $7 billion. So you think about it from China's perspective, what the hell do they care? If I can spend $7 billion bribing each politician a million bucks or their, their lackeys right yep. beneath the surface yep. who are cheating for them. Um, and I could steal a hundred and twenty trillion dollar economy. That's what this economy is worth. Yeah. Our the net worth of America is a hundred and twenty trillion. Hundred twenty million millions is what the United States is worth. You can look it up on the Federal Reserve site. And if we can if we can steal a hundred twenty trillion without firing a shot, why not? Yep. We might as well just go for the gusto, bribe away, bribe everybody in media, bribe everybody in the school system, bribe. Uh, you know, uh, everybody, you know, the unions, as many as you can get, they're, they're just given an unlimited checkbook when they come here. And that's what we're up against, folks. If we don't see this evil for what it is, and we should treat bribery of government officials of course. as treason. It oh, should be treasonous, yeah. period. Like, literally treason. Not, not, well, you know, you get fined and go to jail. No, you should get executed if you, um, if you, if you take a foreign bribe. Yeah, I think there should be a little bit more uh, accountability. And also, if you're going to risk doing that, there should be definitely a huge penalty for it. Yeah, yeah. because it's it just it's it's absurd. It's absurd. 
you know, there's too much on, uh, there's too much on the line and, you know, 300 million people's lives being affected. You know, think about the past six to nine months, mm. how much, how much, uh, you know, how much, um, you know, how much grief and, you know, and, and people just being fearful and concerned and not having peace of mind because of some corrupt sons of bitches that took a couple million bucks or whatever, 10 million, whatever they stole. Um, but to cause grief for a hundred million people or more, that's the real crime. And they should be, they should be treated as traitors period. No, no, I agree. It's, it's interesting that you brought up China right there briefly, because I wanted to segue to Afghanistan. Now it was announced today that going into the world market, the Taliban are going to basically use China as their international broker to get back into the uh, normalcy of things there in Afghanistan. Now that's been a hot topic for the last couple years, but especially the last couple weeks um, with the pullout, the surrender, the retreat, whatever you want to call it, transfer of power uh, to where we're at right now. Looking to get into the Senate, and, and definitely that's something that we're going to be probably looking into more in-depthly as we go on, especially with the midterm elections and then the committees that will be formed to kind of anal- run an analysis on how bad this was run. What, what are your feelings on, on kind of where we're at right now with the uh, Afghanistan situation? Well, with regards to the Afghanistan situation, I find it appalling and absolutely disgusting that some criminal in Minnesota who, um, you know, who knows exactly how everything played out because we never got the footage in a timely manner Mm -hmm. is celebrated by a bunch of kneelers, right? That kneel for state instead of God. And these same corrupt politicians scattered throughout our country Neil for for somebody who put a gun to a woman that was pregnant, Spelly, right. um, and then where where have been the seven funerals and and uh, the the fundraisers on TV and um, you know the outrage by this corrupt media and corrupt politicians in D.C. and corrupt even local and state politicians. Where is that outrage? Mm-hmm. And so that's the bigger question. Taking a step back from the outrageous loss of life of those 13 that died and 18 that have been injured. Um, you know, it, it's outrageous. I could tell you what I'm trying to do and, and um, we'll see, I'm not going to say who I'm going to try to do it with. And, and, and I hope the person that I've been talking to is okay. I'm not going to mention their names, but okay. I'm going to see if I can host an event here in, uh, in Illinois um, that uh, is not going to be a fundraiser for me. Um, but it's going to be a fundraiser for them. That's awesome. And, and, uh, um, I'm going to see if I can get some, some really, uh, unbelievable patriots, uh, to, to, to run it because since I'm running for office, I don't want, um, uh, you know, any of the money to go in any way, shape or form to me or anyone in my campaign. It can't, but what I would like to do is try to help organize the individuals, find the venue, and then kind of hand it off and say, look, folks, this would be outstanding. Let's do this. Um, you know, there's a couple of these people wanting to come here and maybe stump for me. So maybe if they come and stump for me, you know, like that way. And yeah. I said, I don't want a single dollar. Let's give all the money to these, these, uh, um, these people that paid the ultimate sacrifice, you know, to their family. And who knows how much it is. Maybe, maybe we can only raise three or $5,000 per person you know, that, 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 you know, for the family that lost their life, but maybe if we do it and then it inspires some other groups and people to do it. And that, you know, I've always thought that the loss of life in the military was mispriced personally. Yeah. And what do I mean by that? 
if somebody is 25 years old, 30 years old, 35, 40 years old, and they, they get killed defending this country, and they have a family, the net present value of what their earnings would have been, not including the loss of the joy that their family would have had with them, we should look at that cost and be like, you know what? They had another 40 years ahead of them. And, you know, we got to, at a minimum, make that family whole. And if that person would have made, you know, 50, 100,000 a year, they got to get at least a half a million for that, plus grief, you know, plus, and, and why are we not making sure that that happens for our soldiers? It just, it pisses me off that this is the way it's been, because I hear these stories about these, these service people that, you know, young families, they, they kind of pay them working poor wages, which yeah. is insane. I think it's absolutely disgusting. We have no problem with 40 million people on welfare. And, and, and then we don't make sure that the people defending us as a nation are properly compensated to live just a middle-class life. Why should anybody in our military not live a middle-class life? Something's very wrong with that. And, and so that, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of went off a couple tangents, but you know, that's with regards to policy regarding Afghanistan in relationship to the United States and to China, I would really need to um, look at it from a geopolitical strategic perspective. And I would, I would want to talk to people that know what the larger game is that might be going on that we're, we are unaware of. I think there might be a larger play taking place right now. Uh, I have my own theories, but I'm not comfortable discussing it because I'm not an expert in this and right. I haven't vetted out these ideas. But what I would say is there should be consequences in our relationship that we have with China if uh, they, if they try to take any of the, if somehow our hardware is turned over to China, they, I think they have an obligation to turn it over to us if they want to remain our trade partners in the way that we're trade partners. It's no different than if you and I, uh, if, if uh, there was me, you, and then a third person ripped us off, and then we were, we were, uh, we were friends, and they ripped me off, but you knew they, they ripped off my stuff. And then they gave you my stuff and you wouldn't give it back to me. Right. There's yeah. something really wrong about that. I'd be like, I wouldn't want to be your friend anymore, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, if, if you, if you willingly took the stuff that was stolen from me after I asked you to give it back, you know, our friendship's over. Yeah. I definitely see some of that inoperable equipment that we destroyed, not the working ones that the Taliban's obviously going to use to govern their country, but some of the stuff that we, we broke and didn't remove definitely getting turned over to. Well, um, yeah, the, the ability for them to reverse engineer stuff, even if you smash the screen, yeah. it's, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Well, and taking I can tell you right now, if I, was, if I was in the U.S. Senate, I would be pushing for immediate, um, um, I would immediately reinvade. I would push for legislation for Congress to declare war on Afghanistan. Not the president, Congress to declare war. And I would, I would push for declaring a war to get our equipment back at a minimum and then um, and, and make sure that who killed uh, our officer, our, our military personnel is brought to justice. Yeah. I, I'm not saying we go on a massive bombing campaign or anything like that, 
but I would be like, no, we're getting all our stuff out. This is $90 billion. Yep. This is the, the value of some countries on planet earth. Yes. It's yeah. worth more than the damn, put it this way, that, that hardware is worth more than the whole damn country probably. Yeah. You know, the average person in Afghanistan makes 500 bucks a year, $500. So you know what 90 billion is? That's 90,000 million. So 90,000 million, you're like, wow. Uh, the the entire economy of Afghanistan, I think there's like 40 million people, 40 million times a thousand would be 40 billion. It's a $20 billion economy. They got the equivalent of five times, four and a half times the value of their economy and our goods, our hardware. I'd be like, bullshit. We're yep. taking it back. And you, and you know what? You don't want to, you don't want to take care of it. You know what? We're just going to come in and you guys are all getting smoked. I'm not going to sit there and, and look the other way. I think that we we the fact that our Congress is so weak yes. and so stupid right now that nobody has declared said we're going to pass it we're going to try to promote a resolution to declare war and take that back and then we'll pull out properly yeah that's yeah. but that's what tells me it feels like a damn inside job oh it sure is you have people like Lindsey Graham who have been walking around talking about you know his little experiment in Afghanistan and and what it is and what it was and how it failed for the last 20 years i think Tucker Carlson did a segment on it not too long ago and basically had four audio clips over the course of like 18 years that showed him progressively backtracking on what he thought was going to happen to you know kind of painting himself completely out of the picture like making you think if you haven't watched politics that long that uh he was never involved in it pretty much yeah. So. Well, look, there's no excuse because we have the we have the we have the intelligence, we have the drones, we have the know-how to go in there and retrieve all that stuff. Right now what we lack is is the the will of the American people being properly represented mm -hmm. in our Congress, and the reason why we don't have the proper will in Congress is because voter fraud is a nationwide problem. Yes. And we have a bunch of lackeys in there. Yeah. That's the problem. So, and knowing now how much you love these numbers. I'm sure the last topic that I definitely want to cover with you is going to be one that uh, you've wrapped your brain around a little bit, the infrastructure bill, you know, the, the enormity of it and how ridiculous it is and where it's attempting to lead to. Um, what are your feelings on that right now? I, I mean, first of all, I think three, was it now that price tags up to three and a half trillion or something? Yes. That's the eventual. You know, yeah. So, Right now, I want you to imagine this for a second. Let's assume we get the infrastructure bill to zero. We okay. say, you know what? There is no infrastructure bill, zero. What we're going to do instead is we're going to give every American worker that is working, every full-time American worker, we're going to cut them a check for $2,000 a year, $2,000 a month this entire year, two grand a month, 24,000 a year for this year for, 20, for 12 months. 125 million people getting two G's a month. That's $3 trillion. Now, if we did that and every American family received 24, every single American worker received the check for $24,000. And we, the, we, the federal government saying, the states, you guys figure out your damn infrastructure. You guys, you guys have the money right there from your citizens. If people think it's worth something, they should pony up some of that 24 grand and let each state decide what they want to spend on their damn infrastructure. And, you know, that's the way I would structure it. I'd be like, you know what? Each worker gets 24 G's. And then you, and you tell the workers, look, you guys can't cash it. You get this, you get to spend it in your state. 
and let the let the let the bidding begin. How much does each worker in Illinois want to spend on infrastructure of your 24 G's? <laughs> and then they say five grand. Okay, five. Okay, what are we doing with the other 19? Let's pay down debt with it. You, you see what I'm saying? Yes. That should be the conversation. Federal government. How much of that three and a half is being skimmed? How much bullshit is buried in these thousands of pages? Oh, ridiculous. That's, that's the stuff. I, I think it's an, I really think we need to move to, toward a Congress where it's like, no, the U.S. Constitution, the most perfect political document ever in the history of the world is mm-hmm. 31 pages with all the amendments. I want to see a 31 page plan of principle based guidelines and rules for how this money's getting divvied up. Otherwise, I don't think we should read it. I'm I don't not think that stuff should be my wish. I don't think that stuff should be as, as deeply embedded too. It's, it should be transparent. You should be able to know absolutely. exactly what it is. You should, we should see by there's 3,100 counties in this country mm-hmm. plus in 50 States, each state, we should see a breakdown how much each state's getting yeah. dollars and cents. How much, how much per mile, how many, how many miles of road are in that state? How many dollars are being allocated to that mile of road? How many miles of bridges or how many bridges and, you know, how many miles worth? And then let's just see the damn numbers. Yeah. And be like, wait a second. How is this state that has, you know, <laughs> you know, they need they need to repair their infrastructure, but they have half the infrastructure getting three times as much money. And my, t- and my tire just fell off on my car. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, it's pretty funny. So that, I think they said it was so, south of 21% of that total $3.5 trillion that was actually going to go to physical infrastructure. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a big, it's a big shakedown. It's a, it's a, it's a scam folks. And I think, um, I think it should be, I, I, I think we should be hammering every representative through phone calls, letters, emails, and telling them to vote no, and every single person that votes for it, uh, they should be voted out. Frankly, next next election, just vote them out the next term. Get yes. them out. Get them the hell out of there. I saw this. Morning. And then I would even say, take all, look, find out who all their donors were that were yep. corporate and everything else, and make sure that we boycott those businesses. You want to change the political process in this country? Start boycotting the companies that are donating to these freaking rhinos and yeah. these communists. Hit them in their pocketbook. Yep. No, that's an excellent point. And I saw this morning, I think Joe Mananchin said that uh, he's feeling like kind of a no on this thing now. He he was kind of in the middle of the road. He said he was a little bit optimistic two weeks ago when he saw 19 Republicans sign on to it, you know, including all the winners like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and now Chuck Grassley. But this morning he's saying, you know, just with all the stuff that's going on right now, he's not feeling as confident as he did maybe a month ago. So it's criminal. This yeah. bill is a it's a it's a criminal money grab. Yeah, it's let's true. call it what it is, folks. Two grand per month, twelve months, hundred twenty five million people. I want you to wrap your head around that. You're going to let five hundred people decide how to spend two grand per American worker, at least two grand. That's three trillion. Was that number, buddy? Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to go up to three and a half. All of a sudden, you know, you got another three G's. Mm. Like these guys are scumbags the way this is. Well, that's one of the reasons, you know, I've been kind of pushed to run is that, you know what, I'm just going to speak the truth. I'm God first. I want to just go in. I'm going to expose as much as I can show, you know, try to bring government back to the founding document. That's my goal. You know what? That's the, that's the, that's my baseline. Is it constitutional or not? You know, what's the budget look like? Let's show it to the American people. Here's the cash flow. Here's the income statement. Here's a balance sheet. Yes or no. And just let people, our government needs to live the way we have to pay our damn bills. Yep. End of discussion. If you want, you want to go to war, fine. 
go go before the public and figure out who how are we paying for it we have this country's worth 120 trillion this war is going to cost a trillion dollars you guys all going to pony up a, a surtax of one trillion dollars yes or no you want to give away one percent of your net worth oh no okay well maybe we shouldn't go to war then huh I mean, that's it. We need to go back to common sense. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. And I'm glad to see people like you are are really neck deep in this fight right now for the American people. It was awesome getting to know you today. But before we cut with you, we have an extremely loyal listenership. Um, the candidates that we brought on have gotten all reached back out to me that says their interactions from people like Anthony Sabatini, who decided to give out his cell phone number, <laughs> um, gets memes from a lot of our people now, but also gets a lot of support from our listenership down in Florida, all the way up through, uh, you know, Teddy Daniels, who said he's had people actually reach out to him on social media because he invited us, if we're ever in the neighborhood, to come by and shoot his 50 cal. Nice. Some of our nice. listeners are like, hey, I live like 20 minutes away from you. Can I come shoot your 50 cal? And, you know, <laughs> you know cool. yeah, it's pretty funny, but they're extremely loyal in, in, in regards to you know, getting you out there more on social media, um, donating, showing up to your events. Believe me, you'll see some some definite improvements to the numbers you probably have right now that are already impressive. And why don't you give us all those places where we could find you, your website, sure. social medias? Yeah, my my uh, my website is www.bobbypyton.com. It's okay. B-O-B-B-Y-P-I-T-O-N.com. And if you'd like to donate to the campaign, I think over so far, over 80% of our money is out of state. So That's awesome. we've been very blessed. And thank you so much for putting putting the uh, plug out there. I'm on Telegram at Bobby Python. Just same thing, uh, B-O-B-B-Y, Python, no space. And then I have uh, another uh, Bobby Python at Gab. Um, Parlor, I have it there, but people don't really go to Parlor anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And then on Twitter, I'm UAmerica333. Because okay. I had 130,000 followers, they banned me, and um, you know, I saw that. for some reason. But now I'm at about almost 20,000 at U America 333. It's like um, 333 happens to be um, uh, an, an angelic number, right? And, and it's you know, it's one of my favorite numbers, 333, and that's why I picked that. I'm not a Mason, Freemate. <laughs> People ask me, "Are you a Mason?" I'm absolutely not a Mason. Thank you for debunking. Uh, I'm, that. I'm Roman Catholic. Perfect. <laughs> and so, um, even though I think our Pope is a, is, is a, is, is a criminal and needs to be replaced. It, you know, just like our government, Agreed. our government and our institutions are not corrupt folks. Our individuals in charge of the, the, the wheel are corrupt. Yeah. And the same holds true for the Catholic church. I think that the teachings and from, from my perspective, you know, I'm not anybody, everybody else can be their own religion. Uh, but we have corrupt people that are at the helm of a lot of institutions mm-hmm. right now that need to be replaced across all facets of our society. True story. Um, we are going to be hopefully staying in contact as you get not deeply, deeply close to campaign season, but getting towards the, the busy time. We'd like to have you back at some point with an update to talk to you more. You've given us so much great information. I know our, our listenership is going to absolutely love the conversation that we've had today. Um, and we wish you the best of luck, you know, continuing on with your campaign, everything that's going on with that. We, we continue, hope you continue to get awesome endorsements like General Flynn and uh, definitely look forward to having you come back on Steak for Breakfast. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for having me. God bless you. God bless your family and friends. And may God continue to bless the, uh, the greatest nation that this planet has ever known. And that's our beloved United States of America. So. Yes, Thanks again. Have a wonderful weekend and a great holiday as well on Monday. Thank you, you sir. Too. That's Bobby Python, 
U.S. Senatorial Candidate out of Illinois. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And now joining us today for the news, newly renamed Professor Linda, formerly of Wake <laughs> Up with Linda. Welcome to Steak for Breakfast. I have a PhD in base studies. Hmm. It's my new thing. I'd like to take that class. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I like it. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. Just uh, coming to you from Miami. Hmm. And I'm um, excited. I honestly, I need to do a better job at listening to podcasts. I haven't, to be honest with you, I've, I've heard, I think, um, a few clips or, or from you guys, especially because Bella told me about you guys, but I probably do a better job at listening. Um, to be fair, I don't really listen to any podcast. <laughs> um, it's hard to but- find the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to keep up. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to have this conversation and, you know, kind of um, get to know you guys as well and stuff like that. So it should be great. And we're going to be having a lot of conversations today, to say the least. But before we get into it, why don't you tell our listening audience just a little bit about yourself, what you do? Um, mm-hmm. You know, people know you in the community, but let's let them get to know you a little bit more intimately. Okay. Um, well, I come from the corporate world. I just, I started my channel about three years ago um, because I was a liberal. I wasn't, I wasn't your crazy, like typical, you know, liberal. I was more of a moderate Democrat um, with some conservative views. But the problem is that when we come here as immigrants, we believe, we, we kind of associate democracy with Democrats. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure um, does. So, you know, that's, and we only also have like two TV channels in Spanish, which are both left wing Univision and Telemundo. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, I'm not saying it's not our fault, but it's kind of very hard to get to know the other side um, when everything that you're surrounded by is giving you this propaganda. So with that being said, I, I just started researching um, about you know, why people were voting for Donald Trump, why he had so much support. Of course, I ended up supporting him himself. And I ended up understanding that, you know, Trump um, really was trying to do great things for this country. Of course, there's a lot of criticism that we can have for him and others uh, and things that went sour. Um, But at the time in 2017, 2018, um, there was this whole controversy around the border and Mm -hmm. the children and and the kids in cages. Um, and what I realized was that Trump actually was having or actually had very humane policies that were protecting kids from being trafficked. Um, of course, the media says that Trump was separating kids from the board from parents. What they're not saying is that a lot of those a lot of the, a lot of times those parents were not the parents. They were actually traffickers or like random strangers that like borrowed the kids to come here yep. and get in easier through illegal loopholes. Um, so I, you know, I this was not uh a i don't know i didn't plan to become an activist or a like insta like personality or whatever you want to call it um it was a it was basically like my account was focused on bringing light to the human trafficking issue at the border okay um to i was always talking about vaccines i've always been a a hardcore anti big pharma anti 
uh, forced, you know, vaccination type of person. Um, and I also was like trolling, making memes, like stuff like that. And then it's um, not enslaving. Yeah, my account started growing. I started, you know, uh, collaborating with other people, networking and whatnot. I'm an entrepreneur. I come from the corporate world. I was in the liquor industry for 10 years. Okay. Uh, I quit my corporate job in 2016. I started a boutique travel agency, luxury, uh, with everything that was um, private private stuff in Colombia, in Cartagena and Medellin. So that's what I was doing all the way to last year. Um, I started investing in e-commerce. I have a jewelry store now. Um, and now I'm just a full-time social and e-commerce entrepreneur. Nice. Yeah, well, we'll, yeah. Make, we'll make sure at the end of the show, when, uh, before we let you go, we'll let you uh, tell us where we could find all those places to support your business and your endeavors, and we'll make sure we link them in the show descriptions when we put them up on our uh, distribution websites. I think besides that, it's kind of time to jump into it. Um, right now, we're dealing with the fallout from the debacle that was in Afghanistan. Uh. Surrender, retreat, pull out, whatever you want to call it, transfer of power. Weak pullout game. Yeah, absolute mess. Um, we reported last week as it was breaking, but now kind of have some context. This is via Gabby Keene and our friend Tom Pappert over at the National File. They had an article from one of the Gold Star parents the other day. Um, and the title of the article is called, You Can't Fuck It Up As Bad As He Did and Say You're Sorry. Gold Star Family Walks Out of Meeting with Biden in the Oval Office. And kind of talks about how Joe Biden spent more time talking about his son, who was a serviceman, served in Iraq, came back, but later died of a, you know, uh, incurable brain cancer. Okay, and then when the parents kind of told him that it's not the same thing, Apparently, the meeting ended, and this is coming from the mother of um, Lance Corporal Rayleigh McCollum. Joe Biden turned his back to them as he rolled his eyes, and then when they started to say, that's no way to show respect for my daughter who died serving this country and the mess that you put her into. He gave him the old... Uh, yeah, he put his hand up like, you know what, I've had enough of this shit. So the parents promptly yeah. got up and Be gone, out. peasants. Yeah, so, so that's kind of how... That whole situation went down, as insensitive as they come. And uh, there, there was another one, Shana Chappelle, um, mother of Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui. I hope I'm saying it right. You may know her because she took to social media earlier in the week, Facebook and Instagram, and put up a post dedicated to her son. And her accounts were promptly locked and deleted. Well, she had some unfavorable things to say about the administration, too, so... Good thing her and we son, know how good that goes on social media. Even though her son did make the ultimate sacrifice, and there was a intense fact checking around, yeah, her accounts being disabled before it was finally reported as to be true. Yeah. Um, oh, so the fact checkers were saying it wasn't true, and then it was true. Yes, they were saying that she wasn't the mother of this person. Oh, so it was and, a fact and, and, until it wasn't a fact. Right. Right. And said. Again, this corroborates the story from the National File. I'm reading now from Fox News. Chappelle said Biden reportedly spoke more about his own deceased son than hers, right, and he said, you tried to interrupt me and give me your own sob story, and I had to tell you, this isn't about you, so don't make it about you. Um, at that point, again, she just wanted uh, him to know how she felt and told him that he had blood on his hands, and again, just like the instance that I already reported, 
He turned to walk away. The grieving mother, mother let him know, my son's blood was on your hands. And you threw your hand up behind you as you walked away from me, like saying, okay, whatever. So he just didn't want to hear it from any of these families that kind of called him to task. We've already saw two dads go on Fox News this week to confirm the looking at the watch during the dignified transfer of, of bodies. Can we confirm that uh, the their excuse for the little his son's memorial wristband or whatever it is? on the right side he could say whatever he wants but i heard that during some of those oval office meetings when it was brought up he got pretty testy so it must have been black-eyed clone oh yeah or deep fake double um and not blue-eyed which is way more timid i like the meme about that where it's, it's the apple watch and it's it's from hunter biden it's like hypothetically speaking how would one dispose of a dead prostitute <laughs> I, posted that one. I posted that one it was so funny oh yeah. so good and, and which is totally believable because most likely it's happened <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we, but, can't, we can't pass anything past these people. So the, they legit were fact-checking and saying that she wasn't the mother of a dead serviceman. That was the original part of it, yes. And this is, this is a prime example of this bullshit fact-checking nonsense on social media where it's just some fucking basement dweller. That's not true. Yeah, I mean... And, and they, they post it like, you, how the fuck would you verify that? You're just going to say it's wrong just because it's negative towards freaking Team Biden? Right. They, they were saying how it was a memorial but had so much of a political spin on it, it wasn't fit for social media. Now, Linda, the optics out of these meetings with the parents, they were obviously really bad. Like we just said, we saw Joe Biden checking his watch. You did see one parent break down during the dignified transfer of the bodies at um, Dulles Air Force Base. And then when the parent tried to scream at the Biden delegation, the Secret Service kind of like picked her up off the ground and literally removed her from the area. That's rude. Yeah. So the, what do you feel about this whole situation? I mean, I know what your political views are, but just in regards to this, this is kind of a whole different level of emotional and, and... You know what the fucking correct thing to do as a president in that situation is? You stand there, you fucking take it, and you say, I'm sorry. Yep. Motherfucker. Yep, well, this is coming from the same, I'm qu- quoting now, president who last week said the full bore the responsibility is on him and, and then, then promptly went on to blame Fox News and Donald Trump in the literally next sentence. Fuck that guy. Right, of course. Because <laughs> everything is going to be Donald Trump's fault for four years. Yeah, the, the, these parents are grieving and, and, and I think so is the nation. What do you think about that? About the parents? About the whole situation? About what? The pullout game? Like exactly what? <laughs> well, I mean... Right now, more specifically about how this whole, I mean, those kids were put into a terrible situation. It's been reported to me. I haven't been able to verify because I personally am not in the military, but it's been reported by several different news agencies that these people, when they were pulled out of Jordan, UAE, and Kuwait and dropped into the Air Force Base in, in Kabul at the airport, they weren't even receiving combat pay because it was like an evacuation and not, you know, active, uh combat zone and then it turned into one so kind of hearing that start to come out now and then just they're trying not to give people the combat pay yeah i've had several people yeah they're in the marines and the navy reach out online in our dms and they're like hey just to let you know i've had people that were i used to be in that unit and when people got pulled out of kuwait and dropped into afghanistan they were told that it was part of a evacuation process and it was not going to be combat pay yeah yeah just disgusting from top to bottom what do you how do you feel about it so I, you know, I, 
I'm not going to tell you that I'm surprised at anything that's going on in terms of Biden and stuff like that. He's always been a piece of shit. I mean, we saw him throughout the yep. uh, campaign trail just lying about so many things like and continuing to regurgitate all of these hoaxes, the, 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 the Trump saying about very fine people like, you know, these are evil liars. I, I, I wouldn't expect as fucked up as it sounds. I wouldn't expect anything less from Joe Biden. Yeah. You understand? Well, he proved um, himself to be not only a piece think, of shit, but a racist piece of shit too, you know, right. throughout his entire political career. I think I'm very, um, I think I'm very frustrated with, uh, with our side, whether you consider yourself a right winger, a conservative, a Republican, you know, th th there is a spectrum on the right side of politics. Um, and my, my problem is that people seem to forget that this is a fake presidency. Yes. And essentially it's a regime, essentially it's a dictatorship. Yeah. And essentially uh, they installed Joe Biden the same way they installed a fake government in Afghanistan in Kabul. Mm -hmm. Okay. People are not making these connections and it's really frustrating for me. Okay. And why would you expect anything less from a regime, from a dictator? Like we don't even know who's running our government. We have no idea. People could say it's China. People could say it's Russia. People could say it's Iran. People could say it's George Soros. We don't know. Obama in his no pajamas. Idea. Obama, M Michelle Obama, Clinton. We have no idea who's running the show. So what I think of the whole situation is that you know, we're going to see, I think, far worse things than we've seen now. I think things are going to get way worse. Yeah. I mean, I've been expecting the worst since January 20th, you know. Um, you know, Joe Biden is probably, I think, the least favorite president or the least favorite president in U.S. history. That's why they have to lie and say that he's the most popular president of U in U.S. history even more than Obama. We all know that's a lie. There's no way that he was more popular than Barack Obama. Right. Three million votes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think it's unfortunate. I think those kids are sent to die. I'm anti-war. I'm anti-occupation. I do not agree. I, I, I've never agreed with any of that stuff. And now more than ever, especially because I've, I've found out how much they lied to us about the whole situation. Yes. So I definitely want the, the U.S. troops out of there completely. And I do sympathize with the Afghan people. I do sympathize with um, the Afghan people who hate us, you know, because imagine like I hate our government right now. Like why? Why would I? OK, they just removed my president, our president, by force from office. We all know Trump won. Yes. We all saw we all saw what happened. We all saw what they did to him from 2015. It's been five fucking years of disgusting lies, hoaxes, uh, misinformation, a total uh, 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 character assassination in the media. Why would I? Why would I believe anything they have to say about Afghanistan? Yeah. Why? Just give me one good reason why I should believe anything they have to say after what they've done to us. You understand? We have political prisoners in jail, many of them who did not commit any insane you know, crimes or, right. or, or anything. We have people that are, even some of our own reporters are being persecuted by the FBI, yep. which just happened to a friend of mine two weeks ago, okay? Confiscated everything. They took his phone. They took his 
laptop, his camera, everything for simply taking pictures of what happened in January 6th at the Capitol. So why would I believe anything that these people have to say about Afghanistan? You know, why would I stand with the same regime? That doesn't sound like freedom of the press. No, not at all. You know, why would I stand with the same regime that that removed my president and did the same thing to the Afghan people 20 years ago? No, you make 100 percent. I, there's there's sense, no yeah. reason. There's there, no, no, there is no reason to. So zero. Yeah. Where I stand with that, you know. No, I like it. You want to know what else we don't know about really? Is the people who are coming in from Afghanistan at the moment? Um, I, just, I got before I was on the uh, before I jumped on. I got a a text from my friend. Um, it's a tweet from Jack Posobiec. Mm-hmm. Says this breaking. State Department requesting urgent guidance over child brides among Afghan escapees. I don't Hmm. know how to say that. Uh, Staff at Fort McCoy reporting multiple cases of underage girls said to be married to adult Afghan men. And this is exactly what I've been telling people since I saw all those fucking men running towards airplanes and all the people at the airport said they're sending us the worst of the worst. They're coming here because they're coming here for two reasons. One of the reasons that I found online from citizens in Kabul, if you go on Twitter and you just like try to look for like what citizens are saying is that the Americans ran with this lie that, you know, telling Afghan people that if they did show up to the airport, they were going to get visas to come here Mm -hmm. and everybody was going to be able to come here. So number one, you have all these people coming, coming here, all these people showing up to the airport, they're like, I don't want to live under the Taliban rule. Like mm-hmm. I know how they are. They're very strict. They're very religious people. Um, and you also have all the riffraff, all the, all these, all these criminals that knew they were going to get harsh punishments by the Taliban that came here. So on one side, you have uh, conservative media, Braybar, Fox, uh, all these, all these, you know, media accounts saying that the Taliban were going door to door grabbing women, grabbing children, setting them off, raping them, stoning them, like all this insane science fiction stories, none of them have been proven. Right. None, not one. Okay. If anything, many have been debunked. You have all these stories. Like, I feel like these people are like Steven Spielberg Mm. with, with their imagination. And now we find out that the ones who are bringing child brides are refugees. Yep. Am I surprised? No. No at all you know at all it's just like what trump said who's coming from the border rapists criminals a lot of them yep, is there murders. a lot of is there good people coming from the border sure but is there a lot of criminals who come from the border yes yeah it's the same thing you know yeah it sure is um you framed it so well let's see if what your narrative and commentary lines up with secretary of defense austin as he oh. kind of gave a little insight the other day on just uh, how the vetting process goes for these probably doctors, lawyers, engineers coming in from Afghanistan. Not child molesters. Afghans will be coming to make new lives with their families in America. He did say families. After careful screening and security vetting run by our interagency partners. Hmm. Sure. We're temporarily sheltering, sheltering some of these evacuees at military facilities here at home. And I'm proud of the way that our military communities have welcomed them. Some of these courageous Afghans fought alongside us. 
and they and their families have more than earned their places in the land of the free and the home of the brave. So there's that. Um, you know, I said he was going to come out and lie, but he didn't say anything that was necessarily out of the ordinary. He did say some of these people, which he meant out of the 125 plus thousand that came over in the last two weeks, 5% were SIV holders. Okay. Mm -hmm. He did say Afghans and their families. Now he didn't specify mother, father, children, family unit. It could have been 50 year old man, 12 year old woman, child, bride, family unit. So he kind of says it without saying it. And then we thought, since all these countries in the region, UAE, Kuwait, Jordan, all offered to take these people in and hold them temporarily while we figured out what we were going to do with them, we said no and basically lied about it for almost two weeks before finding out it was revealed on the news the other day that there, I think, is 13 bases in an overwhelming majority of swing states, which include Nevada, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona, in addition to Hawaii, California, and Washington State, where these people already are. In, in a place where we couldn't get our own legal permanent residents and U.S. citizens out of, who are still there right now, we brought over these people, unvetted, unscreened, untested, and put them into facilities that we have been building since the Biden administration, <clears throat> Biden regime, the occupying resident came into office. Mm. Facilities complete with in-person school, soccer fields, and state-of-the-art living facilities. In addition, before these people get here, it was also broken today. They are receiving ivermectin. Oh, what? Amazing. Both before they leave Afghanistan, two 200 milligram oral doses. And once they get here, two additional 200 milligram oral doses to be able to get off the plane virus free in the you United States. You are shitting me. I am not shitting you. Someone no, leaked an internal document. <laughs> yeah. An internal document that was, at the time, a classified email. No longer classified. Oh. So, yes, pretty interesting to say. Um, this goes at the same time when a lot wow. of questions are being raised. Wow. The Biden administration this week, yesterday, as a matter of fact, deleted records of $83 billion worth of weapons, training, and aid given to the, at the time, Afghan military and armed forces. Since 2002, the Taliban took what was left of that stuff and working condition into their possession. Just at the same time that the administration got kind of hemmed up yesterday with the now released phone call excerpts from Biden and then President Ghani, uh -huh. stating where Ghani was trying to say, listen, I know what you're trying to do. I understand it needs to get done. I understand how you're trying to spin it. Here's the deal. The Taliban are moving in from the outer rims of the country. He said, here's the deal. But then Joe Biden said, listen here, Jack. <laughs> I need you to spin it better. Listen, fat. So, yeah, we got to make it look nice. At which point, Ghani said, that's fine. You do whatever you want. And then a week later, he took almost $200 million in cash, four top-of-the-line cars, including a Maybach, and a military convoy and drove into the country right next to Afghanistan because he said, fuck this. I'm not going to get hung from a helicopter or stoned in the street or beheaded or... Shot in the back of the mm -hmm. head, and he left. And can't blame him. You sure can't. So 
Yeah, this it's is illegitimate, illegitimate as well. That's what Americans are not understanding. Of course, you have an illegitimate government. It's going to be weak. And the only reason why they were he was protected was because of the American forces. Yes. Yeah. Where do you think so, Biden's going to eventually escape to? He's not going to drive to Canada or Mexico. <laughs> I mean, here's 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 the thing. It's like, is anybody willing to do what the Taliban did for 20 years? You know, we can sit here and hate on them and say, oh, they're such terrorists and they're such terrible people and stuff like that. I mean, these these motherfuckers were in caves for 20 years waiting and, and that, doing what most of us wouldn't do. And that's the thing. So, We've talked so, on, on previous episodes about the Taliban. 98% of the original Taliban, the, the first operation, whatever it was called, the Afghan war, 98% of that Taliban is, is dead or pretty, right. mu- pretty much aged out. Um, this is a, yeah, or killed. Um, you know, this is a whole new and they're trying to optically spin it as, Hey, let's do social media. Let's have press conferences a couple times a week. Let's use Mm -hmm. China as an international broker. So we could enter the global trading market. Um, you know, let's do all those kind of things. Listen, and we've explained it in excess. The Taliban is horrible. They are essentially the 50 tribes, the, level or the um way that they interpret sharia law and stuff like that it's like the god tier white nationalist version of a muslim country yeah they are extreme i mean i saw today they were having people spray paint pictures of women off of buildings you know uh they were making sure everybody was like covered up at schools and this that and the other thing but you know are they co-conspirators still proxy to 9-11 stuff overwhelming majority no they're not. They just aren't. The media is going to try and spin it. We're getting close to September 11th. You know, right. they're going to try and make it look a lot of fear porn coming out there and stuff. It's just not the case. So are they still terrible? Yes. Do they kill people without any kind of trial or even proof? They sure do. Um, but they're just extreme religious nationalist. And that's the way they are. They view women as not equal to them. And, 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 and that's just kind of, you know, the way you have to look at it. it China and other countries that are more industrial and we have business relationships with places like Saudi Arabia, even the stuff that goes on in Israel, Palestine in aspects of it, they're all just as bad. They kill each other for no reason. You know, China has slave labor, uh, places like Saudi Arabia, they still kill gays and, and, and persecute women for no reason whatsoever. So we still have normal relations with those countries. It's just going to be one of those things on, how optically we want to do it with Afghanistan right now. They do sit on over a trillion dollars worth of rare earth minerals, which are very important to the world. Um, it, no, China, China's got those. Yeah, now. China's got definitely the uh, in there, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much aid and support we continue to give them while we get kind of rammed in the ass by, by China on the proxy with that. I'll tell you this. I do have a problem with what some of the inaccurate stuff they've been saying about the Taliban, which has has had some people down my DMs calling me a sympathizer. And I think that it's important to stay factual regardless of how we feel about a particular group. I don't care if it's them. I don't care if it's whoever it is. It could be even the liberals and the, the, the ones that we dislike here at home. Um, let's start off, let's start off with a little bit of history for your uh, viewers and your listeners. Um, why did the Taliban even emerge? What, who are they, right? Um, Afghanistan is very tribal. 
I yes. think it's one of the countries in the world that it's still extremely um, uh, rural. Uh, rural. It's it's mountainous. There's a bunch of tribes. Um, I think the main two cities are Herat and Kabul. Yep. Um, you have a lot of people who literally live in the countryside. It's very, very country. So back in 90, back in the 90s, you had um, a lot of these uh, warlords that do rape women, yes. that do rape children. And the Taliban, which are highly religious, as you say, extremists, uh, nationalists, um, the, the founder, I believe, was some guy, Omar. Mullah Omar, the, the one-eyed Mullah. One right. And uh, why did he even found, find uh, or founded the Taliban was to protect women. And that's something that Americans don't talk about. They that's don't. Something that even if I say it, they're like, how could you say that? You know, they get so pissed. It's like, I can't talk about historical context. Like, I can't doesn't mean I'm defending them. I'm not saying that overall they didn't rape. I, I don't know anything, but I do know that the reason why they they started the group, right? Taliban means student, yes. okay? So Talibs are students. The reason why Omar started this was because they were pissed off about what the warlords were doing in the country areas where they were in power. Okay, so they were essentially uh, uh, resistance groups that were going around to different to different areas where the warlords were the, the ones that were dealing the poppy, the ones that were raping women, and they were savagely, yes, they are savages, yes. killing them. So when they were in power, poppy poppy seeds were poppy stuff uh, was burned down because they declared it to be anti-Islamic law, anti-Sharia law. So essentially the production of poppy fields went down, okay? And then uh, they were also killing the warlords that were raping women and children, okay? Um, so they leave this out of history. Like they leave this out and they continue to say that it was them, the one that, that were raping women and children. No, no, no. They were the ones that were defending the women and children. I have, I'm a Christian. I live in the States. I have no loyalty towards the Taliban or the Cubans or even the Colombians where I'm from. I don't give a fuck mm -hmm. about any of those people, but I care about truth and I care about historical context. Yeah. So yeah. if people are going to say that, oh, you know, they, 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 and you can go to their Twitters and they'll tell you like, women are going to have rights under Sharia law. Yeah. <laughs> They're I not lying to you. They're not like, oh yeah, we're going to let you know. They went on Twitter and said, we declare that university classes have to be segregated. Yep. They're telling you exactly what they're doing. They're not hiding to you that they're Islamic or, or religious extremists, right? Again, I'm not defending it or saying anything. I care about facts. So the fact is that there are a lot of women who wanted these guys in power. And I have found tweets from before the takeover from 2012, 2018, I have tweets from 2020, where women are saying, hey, listen, guess what? We can't walk around the street to Kabul because we're being catcalled, because we're being harassed, because the, the occupation actually uh, protects uh, criminals. Yeah. Am I surprised to hear that? Is that not what happens to us here in the States? Yeah. 
was 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 last year during during the summer of love all the fucking shit that we did for for the the fentanyl addict george floyd Mm -hmm. not enough for us to know that those people are probably not lying who what did what did our vice president do she collected bond money to take criminals out of jail. Yeah, we have read those numbers on the show before. And like you so, were. So you... I'm not surprised that the American regime was acting the same way in, in, in Afghanistan and protecting the Bachabasi people. Because yep. guess what? Those warlords were the ones that were raping the kids and having Bachabasi, the Afghan police. And we know that because there was a report that came out in 2012 or, or I forgot what year. Our own troops came forth as whistleblowers and said, hey, listen, we saw the Afghan forces raping boys and we were told to stand down because it was a cultural thing. So what was the biggest and strongest army in the world doing in this country if they can't even stop rapists? Right. No, it makes sense. I mean, the westernization of a place like Afghanistan is definitely going to lead to the sexualization of it in a lot of contexts in a way that they haven't. So I can't really sit here and be like, oh, no, you know, it's going to be worse for women. Like, you know, I've I've seen a lot of women who are for it. I haven't posted about it because I'm just going to get, you know, called. uh, I've already been like, oh, you know, you're falling for propaganda. Dude, there's like, I don't know if people know this, but women have had Twitters in Kabul and in Afghanistan from before this takeover. Mm -hmm. So you can go see what people were saying prior to 2021. So what, like, what propaganda am I reading? You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, well, the, the Taliban guy said this. It's like, no, they're telling you there was a lot of crime, okay? There was a lot of thieves. There was rapes. Women were uncomfortable. Women were so uncomfortable that they were wearing burqas, yeah. even though they didn't have to wear burqas. So, you know, uh, I, I'm not necessarily going to sit here and tell you that I think that it's going to be really bad for women either, because I think, look at what's happening to us, right? Did you guys hear about that we spa in LA? Yeah, the the sexual convicted sex offender that uh, identified as a woman. The, Am I surprised? The, Are you, you know, surprised? No, not at all. Not at all. I knew when someone was going to do a deep dive on that, that they were going to find out that that guy was disgusting. Well, even more disgusting than originally reported. Yeah. So, so I, you know, it's to me, it's like, I can't, I can't really like believe the U S government at all. Like, Oh, we were, we're protectors of women. No, you're fucking not. You're not, you're not. That last thing for people that haven't heard about it though. Can you explain it just slightly what what you're talking about? Oh yeah. There was a spa and I believe it was in LA where there's some, there were some people who complained originally that, there was a man in there who was identifying himself as a woman and exposing himself in a place where they could all get naked. I don't know if it was the locker room or the sauna or something like that. And it kind of went viral when, when one of the people went to complain to the front desk and the front desk wanted to virtue single so hard that they held their ground and said, you want to know what that man's sexual preference and what he identifies as today is more important than your genuine concern. Even though you're here with other women, even though you're here with, I believe children, um, if he's identifying as a woman, regardless of penis or not, he's going to be allowed to be in the common areas, penis out. And this was like maybe two months ago. And now after an investigation, I believe he's been charged now with indecent exposure or something. Um, but he is a convicted, uh, sex offender. Yeah. Sounds about right. 
So sounds like you should be. Yeah, as are most people who get into incidents like that. Like we like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, your sexual identity is not your actual identity. It's your sexual preference. Yeah, you know it. It is what it is. Being heterosexual or bisexual or gay, lesbian, whatever that eight hundred other ones, that's completely up to you. The people that go around and make a huge deal out of it in public and have incidents and stuff like that, those are usually the ones that either need to be in an institution. Or they're or, trying to get away with some shit. Right, and have a long documented record of incursions where they were breaking the law in a lewd and disgusting manner. So that was kind of that. Um, circling back to the phone call between Ghani and Joe Biden, John Solomon and John Frederick sat down yesterday on Outside the Beltway and talked about it a little bit. I want to kind of give some context to that before we circle back back mm-hmm. to one of Noah's favorites, Miss Jen Psaki herself. Oh, yeah. Circle back. <laughs> circle back. An administration lie to this extent. Now we know also, as you know, today a phone call uh, comes out from a whistleblower. Sure, Remember, writers. Trump got a well, Trump got a peach over a phone call from a whistleblower that was actually a perfect two phone years call. to this month. In this, yeah, in this, exactly in this phone call, this is incredible. I mean, uh, uh, President Karzai of Afghanistan is telling Biden, he's telling him, "Hey, things are collapsing. My line is not." Holding the Afghan army's disbanding. They're not. They're. They're not. They're. They're not fighting. We're losing. Bad things are coming. And Biden's response to him is just spin it. Just keep saying everything is fine. We got to get to uh, August 30th. Mm. We we have the right. He kept saying we have to have the right optics. The right. Uh, the 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 right. Uh, yeah. Listen. Uh, here's, here's what he appears. said. Whether it's true or not, change the narrative. Whether it's true or not, change the narrative is the message of our American president to a foreign leader asking him to mislead the public. Take a a series of events in July and let's put them all together. And what you begin to see is a pattern of an effort to try to intentionally deceive the American public. First, there was a legal requirement that the Biden administration inform Congress of the risk of leaving. He waived that so he wouldn't have to give the truth to the American public. The Afghan president is telling him things are going bad. Joe Biden goes back and tells him things are going good. Joe Biden tells the Afghan president, help me come up with a different uh, perception here. Let's change the perception. I don't care what the truth is. Let's tell people things aren't going as bad as we say it is. And then today we also learn uh, from a a watchdog group that the State Department scrubbed all of the websites so that Americans couldn't see how much money and how much equipment we left behind. Joe Biden engaged in an effort to create a false narrative for American uh, people so they would think things are going better than they were in Afghanistan. People will have to judge that. That's why we have elections, to judge the conduct of our officials. And I, you can see here today, a lot of people say they don't believe the story. Bob Menendez, Democrat, New Jersey, Senate Foreign Relations Committee, he said the American people were lied to. That's a Democrat calling that out on his own administration. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, that was kind of something that broke uh, yesterday morning, and that kind of led into the midday pressers where, where Jen Psaki uh, was challenged on it. And this is going back to a tweet she had in 2019. Um, that was the uh, second championship ring for Donald Trump <laughs> in his defeating the uh, impeachment narrative. Um, she was asked kind of, hey, so like less than two years ago, you were all over Twitter when, when they were trying to impeach Donald Trump for a perfect phone call um, saying that it didn't, matter if there were whistleblowers it didn't matter if we had the transcripts if if this is the stuff that's getting leaked whether or not it's it's 100 true it's definitely something that needs to be investigated at the level of the you know impeachment committee so 
Let's see how frustrated she got when she was asked about her mean tweets from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Johnny, I just want to put a pin on that report. Was the president in any way pushing a false narrative in that call with the Afghan president? I think it's pretty clear. Again, I'm not going to go into details of a private conversation, Mm. but what we saw over the course of the last few months is a a collapse in leadership. And that was happening even before Ghani left the country. What the president has conveyed repeatedly, (laughs) privately, and publicly is you need to stand up and lead your country. And that's something he said at a press conference in July in public forum. So she wasn't going to go into the context of a private phone call. However, she did have no problem taking the Twitter with it two years before. Right. Granted, she wasn't working for the administration at the time um, and make her own, you know, narrative that goes in conjunction with the, you know, I, I found one where it was like a picture of her in the background and then the 2019 and the 2021 tweets. And I threw it up on our social media because she's a complete fucking moron and extremely yeah. unqualified for her job. Um, c- double standard as usual. Linda, what do you feel about? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you love Miss Circleback. I don't even watch her, to be honest with you. I don't watch anything. I I know it sounds crazy, but I just, I've been so frustrated since they stole the election that yes. I need to watch Biden or Jen Psaki. You well, know, the only thing that I watch is whenever, um, the only thing that I watch is the clips that I see whenever my friends on social media or accounts post. Okay. I don't watch anything else because I I'm absolutely disgusted with what they did to us like i i I would like straight up like i have trauma i think no no i i feel you well stay disgusted but prepare to get a little bit cheered up because there was a press release from the tally bros you were gonna say prepare to get more disgusted well no but i mean you could stay on that level because leaving the service dogs over there was something Uh. that again just like the mother of the fallen soldiers that were canceled and fact-checked um, they went out and said that no, there were no service dogs or service animals left in Afghanistan unattended. That is missing contacts and every single way they could fact check. It's the fact check again. They just make it up as they fucking go. So it was again, proven true. And they did have to retract and redact that stuff. However, the tally bros put out a press statement regarding the doggos. Are they saying the doggos are being a menace and causing problems and roving the neighborhoods? Oh, they, they're saying they're taking care of them and they're feeding them. Let's oh, listen to okay. what the spokesman for the tally bros had to say. Also, there's there's a lot of noise in Western press about the dogs that were left behind by uh, Americans. Is that true? And also, Western press, English press, is saying that the Taliban has sentenced the dogs to death. No. It is is not true. Uh, Yeah, the Americans left the dogs to get out from their specific uh, places, but uh, our teams and our officials called the in charge of those dogs and uh, today, uh, they came to report and they are trying to uh, collect the dogs and they are trying to um, facilitate for them and uh, what they need to give them. Is, there, is they alive and how many are um, Particularly, I, I cannot give you a specific number, but they are alive. And uh, from the beginning, when we come to the front line, front door of the airport, we were in, in, uh, we were in touch with the uh, in charge of the dog. And they are working and they are uh, feeding the dogs and uh, I think there's no problem. Uh, but, uh, you know, situa- situations were not too good and uh, maybe there are some problems, but at all we can say that they, they are- So there was that, um, you know, and, and there was video ever- evidence corroborating those stories they showed. Yeah, I believe them. Yeah. I, there's no reason for me not to believe these people. I mean, they're savages, right? Like, I've seen the videos of them, like, uh, uh, punishing... Um, 
what is it called thieves and stuff like that i feel like yeah. if here, here's what people need to understand they don't want us there they hate us okay why would i cont- why would i kill uh, like more people why would i give the u.s more reasons to come back or stay in my area sure wouldn't i'm not saying that these are great people or whatever they don't they don't want us there they were celebrating yesterday or i don't know what day their independence day yeah it was this morning or or, or yeah like or, but also it wasn't just this morning i think it was it was it was yesterday or the day before i have pictures from this week they don't want us there no this whole that this whole science fiction idea that they're that they're hanging christians and doing this and this and that they don't they want us the fuck out of there every single one of us you understand so it's not that they're great people it's not that they're amazing it's not that they're angels is that they want to do the least amount of damage to not cause the regime to come back right i mean even like you were saying the the certain persecutions that are going on over there there was the Last, I'm quoting now, last Jewish Afghan who American forces tried to airlift out when they were doing the retreat last week, and he decided to stay, at which point the Western media ran with it and said that this person was sentenced to death, and he was able able to call Al Jazeera in and do like a Sunday sit-down in his house saying like, the Taliban understands that he is Jewish, they know who he is, as long as he's willing to live within the restrictions of the laws of the country and observe them, they're going to just leave him alone and let him be the last Jewish Afghan, you know. It, it, it's just silly, silly, <laughs> silly narrative that, that they've got going on and, and just trying right. to, you know, like we said, there are a lot of aspects to that culture that is terrible, but at the same time, right. you have of course, to, it's you, ours, right. right? Like I would never want to fucking live there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have nothing to, how do you say it? I have, I have nothing to do with those people. I don't want to live there, but why, why so many lies? Yeah, no, it's 100% true. I mean, at sometimes I have to like literally kind of um, emotionally try to weigh it out. What's worse, like stoning someone who raped or like stole or, you know, did something terrible, stoning them to death publicly or like stealing the most safest and secure election in the history of the universe. Mm. Like you got to kind of weigh those things out. You know, the stoning death of someone who, who may have sexually assaulted someone is, is minus one person from earth where in, when you steal, the safest and most secure election in the history of the universe. You disenfranchise nearly 340 million people and look where it's gotten us. So you kind of have to weigh the two evils. I know it's kind of a morbid way to look at it, but at the end of the day, everybody's getting fucked. So that's kind of where we're at now. Speaking of rigged and stolen election. And as we move on to our stop the steal segment, Donald Trump jumped on real America's voice yesterday to talk about how it was a rigged and stolen election. (laughs) The election was rigged and stolen. It was a disgraceful election. You say it like that. And, and, well, not only is the audio quality just as bad because it was on Real America's uh. Voice, they're trying so hard. <clears throat> they're doing okay. I mean, they got War Room on there, so at least that's good. Oh, which brings up another talking point on our oh, show. Yeah. Now, Linda hasn't listened, so she doesn't really know what's coming, but we're going to take our weekly poll. Um, is Steve Bannon Q? I'm going to say no. Noah? Nah. Linda? No. No. Okay. That's a little bit better than what we had Natalie on here a couple of weeks ago. And by the time we got to her, she laughed so hard she snorted. Yeah. So. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a running inside joke. You know where the Steve Bannon is Q narrative came from, I hope. And uh, we just kind of make fun of it every week when we bring him up on our show. So, but things that not, are not to be made fun of is 
Papacito, and we're going to listen to him right now as he was on Real America's Voice yesterday. Cheated elections, and they cheated more than they've ever done. This was a third world country. When you look at what happened in Philadelphia, and you go to Detroit, mm-hmm. and look at what happened. Remember the two people that refused to sign because they said this is so far off, mm-hmm. and they virtually went through hell, and their families were threatened. But Detroit and Philadelphia, and I could go down a list of places that were so dishonest and corrupt. And you know, the night of the election. It was over at 10.30. We won. Sure was. You just took a look. We were up so much in Pennsylvania, the great state of Pennsylvania. Now they're looking. The great state of Pennsylvania, that it was over. 800,000 votes. All of votes. a sudden, yeah, the next morning, they close up the tabulation centers, etc. The next morning, all of a sudden, it's like, wow, Biden's making a big comeback. Now, there was a rigged election, and I'll say it loudly, and I'll say it to anybody that wants You know, they're trying to silence people with that shit. Uh, I have to speak the truth. I just speak the truth. It's one of the reasons we won. You know, mm-hmm. we got him by surprise in 2016, and they said we'll never let that happen again. And just one thing in leaving, the angriest person there is right now is Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. because she told them, why didn't you do that for me? Because actually, that was a much closer election. We won this last election in a landslide. Her election, you know, 10,000 votes in Michigan, well... Take a look at what they did in Michigan. Take a look at what they did in these various states, the hundreds of thousands of us. So Hillary Clinton said, you know, which is typical for her, she says, why didn't they do that for me? And they, so we got them by surprise. I mean, that's actually what happened. We got them by surprise. So there was that, kind of keeping the same narrative alive, which we all tend to hold up on this show. And I know Linda does in her endeavors is it. The election was rigged and stolen. Nope. Crime of the century. Oh, yeah. The diamonds have not been returned. Nope. Et cetera. Um, I, there was a good point that somebody was making on social media. Seth Rich's picture has been recirculating around online because they are talking about some of the issues that they're having with the audits, whether they're getting them started or people coming forward. And, and I think it was perfectly captured in a meme that I've seen in the last 24-hour cycle that says there's a reason why there's not – so many Republican whistleblowers coming to the forefront. It's obviously a picture of Seth Rich in his USA unitard sitting in his lawn chair because people that come forward and they usually have real legitimate information that could do something like overturn an election, they will wind up dead, most likely. I, I think you probably agree with that, Linda. I agree with, you know, I, I choose violence. <laughs> I choose violence. You yeah. know, I, um, I, I have to say that... Uh, I, I don't, obviously, we are a much civilized, modern world, and I don't necessarily agree with everything that these, these savage cavemen do in the other side of the world. But right. I will tell you this, if we had a little bit of that here, there would be a lot more fear for people to do stuff against us. Oh, yeah. You understand? You know, if we-, we were to bring back certain, uh, if we were to bring back certain, um, whether it was capital punishment, whatever it was for treason, for, for raping of kids, and we made an example out of these people, we would have a lot less of that. Oh, and, I- and, and I don't care how that sounds. I don't care if it's undemocratic. I don't give a fuck because guess what? Guess what's happening in places like San Francisco? You can walk into Walgreens, steal less than $1,000, and you're not going to be persecuted. Ride your bike right out of there. So, so what is it? You know, I, it, it, there needs to be a sweet spot in the mid. Either 
either you're going to have the extremists like the tally bros that are going to cut your hands off yep. or stone you to death, or you're going to have the American regime, which lets you get away with everything. And then us civilized, good American. Oh, you're 100% correct. Look at Kyle Rittenhouse. Yep. You, 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 you want to talk about political persecution? Look at Kyle Rittenhouse. What did that kid do other than, other than, uh, uh, you know, you have so many conservatives that completely disgust me. Like, oh, well, he's 17 and a half. Oh, oh well, he shouldn't have been there. Oh, well, this, like all these excuses. Number one, it's not your problem, okay? His mom is okay with him having a gun. His mom himself is him. He worked for a person. The person wanted him to defend the business whatever he wants because he's an American, okay? Uh, uh, six months is not going to make a difference if you're in tra training since 12 years old. I don't handle an AR-15. Yep. It's not going to make a fucking difference. Okay. I know kids that are shooting guns at 12 years old because their parents want them trained. You understand? So like what happened to that kid? That kid went to defend himself, not shot back. He would have been killed. We all saw the video. Yeah. And our system is the one fucking him over. Yeah. So I, I, I can no longer defend the U.S. system. I cannot. Because the last year has completely radicalized me and red pilled me. I can't. Yeah. I mean, sorry, black pilled. No, you're right. We, we before we jumped in with you today, we we did an interview. We sat down with Bobby Python. He's running for Senate in Illinois, and uh, he's pretty based. I mean, he's a math, like mathematician by trade, mm -hmm. but said all it all it would take to fix an overwhelming majority of this so deep rooted corrupt system would be to just charge one person with treason. Yeah. And, and know what the consequence for that is. And everybody else is like, oh. Yeah. Maybe it's not worth yeah. the money I'm getting from the CCP. Maybe it's not worth the money I'm getting from the lobby groups and the think tanks. Because I'm going to get hung like <clears> that <throat> guy just did. Awkward. That's what I'm saying. Like, like we, we need to, we need to, listen, here's my prediction, right? Why I don't care. Why I don't watch any Biden stuff. I don't care if he stumbles, falls down the stairs or, or <laughs> what. I don't, just don't give a shit. I'm going to tell you something. The Taliban, where I have pictures of these guys in the caves, right? I, I've literally stayed up like almost every single day just observing these people and like gathering info. These guys were in caves, sometimes getting IV drips, I guess maybe because they didn't have, they were fucked up or they didn't right. have medicine or whatever it is. And what was holding their IV drip was their own guns, okay? <laughs> like these, these motherfuckers, because of Allah, because of their religion, were in that movie of we don't care what we have to do because we serve God. You understand? Yes. And and what about us? We are so comfortable with our bootleg freedom. We're so comfortable with like, oh no, it doesn't matter. You know, my, my kids can still go to school even though he has to wear a mask. It's just an inconvenience. It's just two weeks. It's just essential businesses. It's just the vaccine. Look at us. Yeah. What example are we providing who are we? Why are we the moral authority? We are no longer the moral authority. We're no longer the beacon of freedom. I don't give a shit if I can go. Here's the problem. Americans are so comfortable. They're like, well, we are free because I can go to my Pornhub account, watch Netflix. I can order eats. If I want, I'll spend a $5,000. I'll, I'll, I'll put a $5,000 credit card spend and buy myself a Rolex. They think consumerism and, and, and the generosity is freedom. So they look at everyone else around the world like, oh, you guys suck because your women have veils right. and 
And, and in Russia, you don't have LGBT propaganda. Oh my God, what a dictator. What the fuck do we have? We have tranny kids. We have Rachel Levine. And we have puberty as, blockers. As as the 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 health secretary, whatever the fuck. So I I can't, I just I'm no longer able. I love this country. I would die for this country, but I'm able to get so uncomfortable in this country that they're gonna actually do something about it because nothing's been done and nothing will be done. I guarantee you. Nothing will be done. I mean, so that's where I'm at. Those are some extremely valid points. And, and up to this point, we have seen a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, but physically mm-hmm. seeing stuff getting done, you are correct in the context of, you know, we've had people like McCarthy and then I got to hate saying their names, the turtle from the never ending story, uh, Mitch McConnell and God, fucking everybody knows he's yeah. super duper. He's the big gay Al of <laughs> mainstream politics, Lindsey Graham out there over the last couple of days saying that, you know, this, this Afghanistan stuff will never stand. And on November 8th, 2022, we are going to make sure that they pay. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, after all of these years of just getting our asses kicked, like she said, for the last five years, hoax after witch hunt, after impeachment, after hoax, after tax returns, after demonizing your children. And look, look at where we're at now. You know, I mean, I know we're in our Stop the Steal segment, but it's good that she brought up those points because they're very valid to make um, and, and definitely ones that are critical to the things that are going on. We are seeing a lot more patriots stand up, city council meetings, school board meetings, things of that nature. That's kind of where it starts, grassroots movements. You know, a lot of people moving around online. You've got podcasts like this. Um, but at the same time, it's not enough. We, we all need to keep doing more every day in regards to bringing light to this. So at some point we do get some some resolution. And like they said, something can happen. Um, the Pete Santilli show the other day hosted professor David Clements. This was yesterday and they were talking about, um, some of the election audit stuff going on a little bit of update. So I want to kind of give us a audio excerpt from that. So we can kind of pull from, you know, hopefully I've tweeted at Wendy Rogers several times in the last 48 hours saying, where are my diamonds? <laughs> Wendy, I need my diamonds. I'm, we're waiting for that report. We need the report. Let's, let's kind of hear what they had going on on Pete Santilli's show yesterday. Find patriots that are consumed with finding out what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And collectively, you all are uh, the only chance that we've got in getting the message out. And I'm encouraged enough because we're on the cusp of having the Maricopa Report published. Um, and it's going to be a bombshell. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I've, I've, been, uh, I've been privy to, to some of the findings that are going to be released, and people aren't going to believe just how bad Maricopa is. People are expecting it to be bad. It's far worse than anything really? I could have imagined. Oh, it's it's terrible. Okay, and, that's, uh, that's great. I appreciate you uh, sharing that uh, uh, with us. Think things are, are bad. Things are very, very corrupt. I'm going to, again, not to impress you, I'm going to share with you something that happened. It was... A moment when I realized just how corrupt we were at the highest levels. I'm going to show this to you. I wrote a report. I received one of the highest level from one of the highest level sources that you could ever possibly receive. uh, That these three people, um, Norm Eisen, Neil Ketal, and uh, I think you recognize uh, one of these names here, Mark Elias. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mark Elias, Neil Ketel, and this guy, Norm Eisen, writing the 
color revolution mm-hmm. uh, manual. And I wrote an article in October, right before the election. Why hasn't Christopher Ray's FBI arrested these three masterminds allegedly behind the illegal nationwide ballot harvesting scheme? And guess what, sir? The DOJ was tracking them. Uh, the military. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to a, a break here. But guess what? They found out how they were communicating. They were literally communicating in gaming chat rooms. Yep. They were running the operation. The DOJ was uh, was tracking them. The FBI did not make any arrests. They had evidence of it. And I got this directly from one of the highest level sources. But guess what? When they did nothing about it and November 3rd happened, it was literally just a gulpable moment to me. I said, we are so far gone. We are so corrupt. America's first line of defense is going to be we the people in this thing. But we're a patient people. Let's go through our due process. But now, here we are, August 30th Perfect. of 2021. And I think everyone's coming to the realization that there there is no court. There is no agency. Everything is corrupt. And it's going to be up to we the people. Peacefully, of course. We'll talk about this on the other side of the break to fix what's going on in America. Now, now I would have said that my narrative going into that was off the cuff. But a little bit of it was preempted because I did edit that audio yesterday there's no there's no there's no accountability yeah there's no political solution and there's no there's no uh a peaceful resolution to this either no i need to say it i don't i don't care what anybody has to say that there's no peaceful resolution and there's no political solution you're not going to impeach biden because he's a dictator that was installed just like they did to ghani and the other presidents in afghanistan you're not going to impeach him it's not going to happen Okay, and it's not going to be peaceful either. I don't know who lied. Like, I mean, what what revolution, what takeover has ever been peaceful? Oh, there isn't any. <laughs> you know, well, the Tali Bros apparently didn't even shoot one time because by that point, the the, the pussy government had ran away. Oh, you know, that, that that could be just maybe one, but no. I mean, I, I just I hate to say, it, but it's just it's not it's not it's not it's not true. It's not going to happen. Right. So, um, you know, that's where I stand with that. I agree. Um, and, and those are all, all extremely good points. Like, like they said, we were all thinking this whole Arizona thing was going to come to fruition. Who knows a month ago, at least if not more. And we were rolling right into Pennsylvania and then, you know, Georgia's got so much stuff going on and we do have some information on that stuff that we're going to get into in addition to Wisconsin. But at the same time, we have to kind of know that, all right, what is all this stuff getting held up for? Why? It seems like they're almost dragging it into the midterms so they can, you know, get stuff done at the ballot box, which is I don't think is the – there are a lot of good candidates that are going to get in that are genuinely American first, that are genuinely going to shake things up, that hopefully are going to take back the majorities and, and, and both the House and Senate and, and make everyone who's made our lives miserable for the past, it'll be six years by then, even worse – We've had several of them on the show, and it sounds like they are deeply convicted. They're in it for the right reasons. Most of them didn't even want to get involved with politics. You know, Joe Kent, he's been on, lost his wife, wanted to be done with this shit. Teddy Daniels, a completely successful life, wounded in combat, two businesses he successfully owned, had kids, then took a break, and then had another kid, wanted to be a dad. Now he's back in the thick of it. Anthony Sabatini, he's kind of like, you know, cut from the Matt Gates mold, but 
he's a little bit more based and, and does a lot of good things in Florida. I know he's going to get in there in Florida seven and do well. And we just had Bobby Payton on today. I mean, I, I looked at the numbers. He, he's kind of running away with his Illinois Senate seat. That's going to be incredible. He wants one term to make as much hell as possible in there and get out. He says he doesn't want to have to worry about raising money or doing anything with lobby groups or anything like that. Once he gets in, he wants to go in there and get the job done. And after listening to him today for almost an hour, I almost feel like I could believe him, but you know, that's, that's not the viable solution on November 8th, 2022. That's part of the solution, but it's not how we fix 2020, which is something that's going to need to be addressed in some context. That's the problem. It's like, we need to fix 2020 and how it's, I mean, what are we going to do? You know, like, are we just going to like, let this like slide or what? Cause that's pretty much what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I mean, getting everybody pumped up by saying Biden won't be able to do anything for the last two years of his term just because we're going to let him sit there and occupy the White House even longer based off midterm elections is completely unexcusable and not a viable solution, at least for me, I think for Noah, too. And then Antoinette, you know, when she's on the show, and I'm sure for you as well, mm-hmm. um, it, Wisconsin is moving in the general direction. They have broke today that they are initiating their 2020 forensic audit. Um, They had somebody on OAN yesterday, and I want to kind of let you guys hear a piece from that. Efforts to audit the 2020 election continues in Wisconsin. One America's Cameron Kinsey has more on that. An ad hoc committee in Wisconsin gains momentum, adding support for the Wisconsin full forensic audit. Joining me now is the committee spokesman, Jefferson Davis. Thank you for joining me today and promoting election integrity. Tell us what's happening with your committee right now. This has been a whirlwind breakneck pace opportunity here. It started on August 6th, just three weeks ago at the Rise Up Wisconsin rally. I believe uh, Christina Bob was there and covered the event. There was great energy, great emotion, excitement, enthusiasm. And we sat down afterwards, a group of us with political affiliations, patriotic affiliations, church, nonprofit organizations, and we all said, listen, nothing is going to get done unless we collectively, this group of people comes together and does something. And of course, all of the fingers pointed at me and said, well, why don't you lead the charge? And I'm like, I don't need to do this right now. But if we're going to get to the bottom of this, I'll gladly accept that responsibility. Another person that so just wanted to be left alone. Yep. We met with Representative Rantham and Branchen on August 12th. The next day, August 13th, just two weeks ago, Friday, we mobilized the entire state of Wisconsin, all 72 counties from the GOP county leadership teams to get them on board with resolutions and or a letter of support. So what do you expect to happen next? When do you think this audit will begin? We have three components to the audit. There's the funding, which we've already gotten that taken care of by yep. private funding. There's the time frame. How long will it take to actually do the audit? We believe we can get it done in 90 days. Mm, the like third that. thing is the actual audit itself. And I can announce to your viewers today, there are only three people in the entire state of Wisconsin that are holding this up. And their names are Speaker Voss in the Assembly and Senators LaMahieu and Kapinga in the Senate. We need one of those three signatures to put some teeth to the subpoenas, the branching subpoenas. And if we get that green light on that side of the ledger because they need to sign off, we will begin work on that immediately. We've got. So there's that. And there was an announcement today in regards to that um, that they were, did get one of the signatures. I believe it was Speaker Voss. 
and that they'll be moving ahead with initiating their forensic audit. I have it right here. Wisconsin Republican state legislators approved an audit of the state's 2020 presidential election results to begin in the coming weeks. Former state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman appointed was appointed to the committee to oversee the investigation of the election results. Um, it says that this person, Gableman, his experience in overseeing this will be a trip to Sioux Falls where he attended Mike Lindell's Cyber Symposium on election integrity in August, and he actually visited Arizona twice and met face-to-face several times at Wendy Rogers regarding what went down in Arizona. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where that looks like it's finally getting off the tarmac now and we're going to get the ball rolling in Wisconsin I know legally there's some stuff going to court right now, too, because of Wisconsin and Pennsylvania are kind of in the same boat. Their Republican state senates both passed laws regarding the election shortly before the election. And then people who weren't in the state senate, whether it's the secretary of state, the governor, or both, made amendments to those laws in regards to mail-in and absentee ballots, put those into the legislation that was approved by the Republican Senate, but not by the Republican Senate, and then put it into law which took effect in the 2020 presidential election. Highly illegal in both states. Both wouldn't hold up in court. We all know it's because the judge doesn't want to franchise hundreds of thousands, if not millions of voters in regards to these two states, but it's something that eventually is going to have to be uh, looked into. So, Yeah, disenfranchising voters is the least of our worries right now. Yeah, no, not at all. Disenfranchising the whole country and the mess we're in right now is, is pretty much what uh, is where we're at. So there was a report this week from Breitbart that lost ballots in three states exceed the margin of victory for Biden as a total. Um, Hans von Sparaski, manager of the Heritage Foundation's Election Law Reform and Initiative, senior legal fellow at the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies, said President Joe Biden's margins of victory in Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, and the 2020 presidential election were narrower than the state's respective totals of unaccounted for or unchain of custodied ballots. Hmm. Yeah. So Biden's margin of victory in Wisconsin was approximately 20,000, and the number of ballots just in that state, for example, is 83,000 right now. So that's kind of where we're at there. Um, There was a breaking story right before the show started, and it came out of Georgia uh, in regard to election stuff. Um, Video proof that showed 240 ballot traffickers, and that's something that Bobby Python alluded to. He must have saw the story or watched... War Room with Steve Bannon, not Q, this morning. Um, 240 ballot traffickers with backpacks filled of ballots, dumping ballots into the drop boxes in the middle of the night. And this is in two different states. Specifically, they're talking about Georgia now, but I saw an article. Let's listen Breaking this is about, Steve, first of all, thank you for having me. I know uh, time is precious here. you got a lot going on. But what's, uh, what we've uncovered about to break in Georgia is all hell's going to break loose. We've got two organizations called OPSEC and True to Vote. Heather Mullins from Real America's Voice, who has been on the ground for us, broke this story today on my, my radio show. Basically, what we have is coming video. She's seen the video. It's not been released. There is coming video where there are basically uh, about 240, what I'm going to call, ballot traffickers in Georgia. And so what they did is is they went around to the drop boxes all over the state with each of them averaging about 24 drop boxes each. And what they would do is they would go there in the middle of the night, this is all on video, and they would empty backpacks 
with gloves on full of ballots into these drop boxes. There's 240 different ballot traffickers that they've identified as potential suspects here. Of the 240, they averaged about 23 to 24 drop boxes each. So some did 10, some did 50. Now this is totally illegal because the way even Stacy's law, the illegal consent decree was written, is that one person, one vote in the drop box, no harvesting. That's the way, that's the way the law, the, whatever you want to call it, the agreement that, that Raffensperger did, that's the way it's said. Now, when you got people in the middle of the night dropping off on video backpacks of ballots in drop boxes with gloves on, and it's the same 240 people going around the state, basically in the four major counties, Gwinnett, Cobb, Fulton, and DeKalb, what does this mean? Why hasn't Raffensperger investigated when this video comes out? This is going to be as explosive as the fake ballots that we're going to find in Fulton County. And so there was that. Now there's they, they had to put in a FOIA request for it, but it's been confirmed that um, there were people, as many as 240 people, with hundreds of ballots in each backpack going to drop boxes in the middle of the night on November 3rd and stuffing those ballot boxes with fraudulent ballots. No, it sounds perfectly fine. Yeah, what do you... Safest and most secure election. Linda, I know you think it was the safest and most secure election. What do you have to... That's a pretty earth-shattering revelation right there. Honestly, I don't <laughs> You look nonplussed. <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I hate to say this. I'm black-pilled. You know, I'm the type of person that I... I, I have no faith in our, our system anymore um i don't think anything is going to happen see how they are to remove biden even if everything is proven who's going to hold them accountable the fbi the cia the doj yeah, all the places he runs yeah like who's gonna say oh okay great we proved we proved Wisconsin. We were just talking about. We proved these ballots were harvested. These are blah blah blah. We proved this in Maricopa. We proved this in this county. You know, Detroit. This, this, that. And then what? Who's gonna do it? Well, you you make an extremely good point there. So that's why I'm like, I think you know, the only. I I'd say I'd have a one percent. A one. I'd say one percent. That's how little belief I have in we the people. Okay? I'd say I have a 1% belief that maybe people will rise up to the occasion and take matters in their own hands. But everyone's scared. We're already labeled domestic terrorists. They don't even want us to gather. Okay, what are we going to do? Well, that's an extremely good point you make, and we're going to get into that in just one second. Just before we cut on Stop the Steal, there is just a little bit more narrative. A follow-up story and reporting from the Gateway Pundit in regards to the audio we just heard and the Georgia ballot stuffers. Now, video has surfaced of 202 different individuals. They're called ballot traffickers Mm. in Arizona committing late-night illegal ballot drops on November 3rd as well. So that's a story that's developing. We'll probably have a little bit more disposition for it on... Tuesday of next week. But Probably not going to run it on, you know, mainstream media. No, I'll have to watch it on all my Roku apps where I watch all my news. Um, but we do need to talk about what Linda just brought up, politically persecuted prisoners and the January 6th narrative. I can't believe those guys are still... Seriously? I, I can. I mean, I can, but, like, I, 
I don't want to believe it. Yeah, from the Washington Examiner, Republicans targeted by the January 6th committee warn of another witch hunt. And basically what they're saying is things that we saw during the Trump presidency in regards to every kind of narrative that the Democrats lied about and had the media shape for them, we can only expect to see now with this January 6th narrative. Linda, I know you're very passionate about this. I'm sure you were probably excited to see yesterday. Nancy Pelosi is handpicked, and she has selected Liz Cheney to be chosen as vice chair for her January 6th commission. Probably, Adam, one, probably one of the... Adam, yeah, the Adam what? Adam <laughs> Kissing, what is his name? Adam Kissinger? Fucking hate that guy. Well, guess what? He's going to be out of politics soon because his district is getting redistricted, and he's not going to have a seat anymore. And they oh, said good. they said unless he runs for like governor or something else, if he went head to head with Bobby Python, it probably wouldn't be good after all this shit. I mean, he was part of both impeachment it, votes and January sixth committee. Isn't it the person that's running against him, Carolina uh, Love? Carolina, it's a girl, no? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, the Gateway Pundit reported yesterday that the unhinged Congresswoman best known for her roles in impeachment volumes one and two. Nice. Uh, will serve as vice chair uh, next to Nancy Pelosi on the, they call it a partisan clown show. I, I, w- I call it other things that are worse. But uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at. It said Nancy Pelosi picked, handpicked Cheney because she has been so committed to, quoting now, doing whatever it takes to railroad Trump supporters, dissenters, and things of that nature throughout the bogus investigation and process. So, Linda, what do you got in regards to the January 6th narrative? Um, everyone who comes on that partook, they're pretty open about it. Yeah. I know you're pretty passionate about it. Uh, yeah. what's, what's your story? Well, I, 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 you know, I wasn't there. I was in D.C., but I wasn't... Uh, at the Capitol. At the Capitol, yeah. I never... I, I know it was a setup. You know, I think that... What happened was they saw what, you know, they saw the events that led up to January 6th, which were the November and December protests, right? Very peaceful. The only people that were acting up and were uh, violent was Antifa and BLM. Mm -hmm. What's new? They were the ones that were attacking MAGA, MAGA grandmas, kids, uh, uh, families. Um, I personally saw it myself in dc in november and um you know i i saw the police protect them you understand yes that's why the capitol police is anti-trump they're suing this this that they're crying they're not on our side i'm not talking about every police i'm not talking about every single person i'm talking about specifically the washington dc yeah the men who were out there protecting maga protecting the old people i have pictures i have videos because i was there my hotel got attacked by antifa in november um where the proud boys and you know there's so many conservatives that have such a like there's a stigma around the proud boys that you can't talk about yeah they're white nationalists. No, they're not. They're white supremacists. They're neo-Nazis. They're this and that. I don't have any alliance to these men. It's not like they're my best friends or I know them or I have to defend them. I just saw what I saw. Okay. I know what I saw. And what I saw was that those men were the ones that went out there 
to battle Antifa and BLM when the police couldn't protect MAGA. And the police were leading MAGA towards BLM and Antifa and doing nothing about the violence committed against Trump supporters, okay? So we have this group of men who conservatives, like mainstream conservatives, Charlie Kirk, Benny Johnson, all these famous people, they won't ever talk about the Proud Boys. They won't even acknowledge them. You you know, you you can't post any pictures. They treat them like second-class citizens, right. even though they're the, they were the ones out there battling these motherfuckers. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know. Uh, in December, I was out in the streets. I shouldn't have been out there in the streets. And I saw when a BLM uh, um, supporter, what do you want to call it? stabbed a proud boy and sent them to the hospital and no investigation was ever done mm. by the police this man ended up in the hospital for like 10 days nothing was ever done about that because the state protects criminals yeah. and yeah. blm and artifa are the proxy um what do you call it i don't even know like they, they, they well they're the military for- arm of the democratic the party the left. Yeah. so you know for me it's like yeah they saw the support trump had november they saw the december and they were like okay these these idiots are coming back in january we're going to set them up we're going to build this narrative because they they knew they were going to steal the election they already had it all yeah. you know done. and they said you know what we're going to build this narrative that maga and 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 all these these people are domestic terrorists we're going to have them come here you know and and that's why they won't release those 14 hour uh what is it 14 hour footage videos of the capital um and that's why they're still persecuting maga and again i tie this back to the afghanistan situation it's like why should i believe everything they say about the taliban when they have categorized us as domestic terrorists Mm -hmm. yeah give me one good reason that i should believe everything they have said about the taliban when they have they have dragged us through the mud, shamed us, vilified us, called us the worst names in the fucking book for five years. Yeah, no, you're, it's it's true. I mean, they've spent so, so much time no. trying. To I read a tweet. Try- I read a tweet. I don't. I don't know if I can find it because I've honestly been screenshotting so much shit from these people. I read a tweet the other night, and I didn't post it because I just I've been kind of tired of getting bitched out by by cons- neoconservatives on the DM. But it was from one of the Taliban men, or, or I don't e- I don't even know if it was one of the Talibs, but it was I think an Afghan citizen. Okay. And he said, um, you know, for twenty years the Western media has painted us as, you know, blah 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 blah. And he's like, you know, we're ready to show the world the truth no. about movement. And I'm like, why? I'm like, give me one good reason why I I, I shouldn't believe this man. Right. Let them prove themselves wrong if that's going to be the case. You know what I'm saying? But but don't just say that they are what they might what have they, been. What did they do to Nicholas Sandman? Yeah. What did they do to Nicholas Sandman? It's true. It's true. You know? So, I mean, it, just imagine if if the technological advancements that we have, you know, at the touch of our hands were available the first time we went into Afghanistan, what we might have saw, or even in Iraq. You know, right. they, they make and create villains who, who you right. know. Right. They, they try to put them at like a movie level when that's not the way the real world works, you know, right. and it's, it's just, right. it's just not. Well, and the people that refuse to acknowledge it, it's like, well, five seconds ago, you literally just had a, not you, but just, I'm right. making a random conversation with somebody else. It's like, you literally just talked about how that they fabricated 
the story of weapons of mass destruction in order to justify going justify to war. going to war. You just admitted the government did something that got I don't know how many service members got killed during that. Thousands. Yeah. You just admitted that our government does the most fucked up thing imaginable that gets American citizens and our soldiers killed. Mm-hmm. But you can't believe that they're going to fuck around and do this other stuff too? Yeah. Like, I mean, they started. you're the, very naive. The Taliban started painting the narrative and putting it out on social media once they took power back in Kabul that Osama bin Laden was not behind 9-11 and the U.S. government knows it. Now and, to, and, and are we are, are we are they wrong? Well, here's the thing. Today, Joe Biden has agreed to start to declassify some of those documentations that kind of paint the backstory of Osama bin Laden from where he was in Afghanistan all the way back to his ties with Saudi Arabia, hmm. a relationship that right. Donald Trump had tried to strengthen and maybe even hide or continue to keep out of light from the public. It looks like this administration or occupation, whatever you'd like to call it. I, I prefer occupation. Um like is looking to go in the opposite direction, maybe not working with Saudi Arabia and uh, man, what a waste of a sword dance that would be. Right. So, you know, I went back was the last night and I was like, let me refresh my memory on this Osama bin Laden situation. Cause mm-hmm. I just, I just, you know, we were young 20 years ago. I yeah. don't recall, you know, exactly. I do remember that the men that committed that, that, you know, the uh, 19 uh, hijackers were, here legally they right. were able to get into our system that's something people don't like to talk about right? yeah and that system hasn't been fixed there's another problem okay so it's, i i was worse. like let me go back and see how osama bin laden the taliban and everything were like together because it was just you know so much and um i found this article i do have it here i was gonna post it last night and again sometimes i'm just like i just don't care to even inform people because all they do is like cry it down my dm and i'm so sick and tired of it thanks um, for saying but I found for this yeah, I, I found this one article from 2001 by The Guardian, and it says um, that the Taliban, the beef with the Taliban comes because Osama bin Laden was accused by the CIA and FBI of the 9-11 events, even right. though there was really no evidence behind it. And I was looking for that yesterday. There, there literally was no evidence for him doing that that they presented to us right later like a few years later there came a video which some people said it was doctored i don't know if it's true of him admitting to that okay but as far as 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 there being concrete evidence back then there really wasn't there wasn't there wasn't uh needless to say what ended up happening is i believe is that osama bin laden uh, it, it was osama bin laden fled to afghanistan and and uh uh us start found out they started bombing afghanistan I find this article so interesting because the article says um, uh, George Bush denies denies uh, the Taliban's request to stop bombing if they turn in Osama bin Laden. The whole beef with the Taliban was that per Islamic law, they didn't want to turn in Osama because um, it was against their like like if a Muslim comes to seek refuge or whatever. I don't don't quote me on this. Like, no, you grant you know, them safe harbor. Right. Exactly. And the whole thing was that they keep saying, there's no evidence. You want us to train in this guy, but there's no evidence. So they kept bombing Afghanistan, bombing Afghanistan until the Taliban said, you know what? You want Osama? Please stop fucking bombing. We'll give you the guy. Can you present some evidence? And they never did. And yeah. and, and George Bush actually, um, I, I wish I'd, I'd, I don't find this article again. I have so many screenshots. And George Bush mm-hmm. actually denied their request to turn in to stop bombing because it's it was never about 
winning a war or bringing peace. Nope. It was always about a, a continuous war yep. in the Middle East, getting those poppy fields, getting the fucking hair in, yep. protecting the Bachabasi warlords. And um, yeah, it's unfortunate that people don't remember all these things from the past. It's like, why do we even have beef with these people to begin with? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't know where I was going with this, but the point is, that there's no reason for for us to believe everything that they say about anybody i don't care if it's even in china i don't care if it's in germany i don't care if it's in cuba you know there's no reason for us to believe everything the mainstream media has to say about anybody because they're liars you know you're you're just really doing an amazing job at this today because do you know who else is usually not to be believed in any way shape or form noah's real favorite oh anthony fauci fucking uncle fauci so they gave a statement yesterday as we head into Labor Day weekend, about traveling or not. Did you hear it, mm -hmm. Noah? No. Oh, I'm glad. Let, let this bless your ears. I hate this guy. Given the, uh, the surge in cases, should Americans reconsider travel this holiday weekend? And then more broadly, we've seen uh, from the State Department and CDC new travel warnings uh, for countries that have uh, that are doing better against COVID than the United States. Wait, what? Uh, why hasn't the administration taken a tougher stance in terms of advising Americans not to travel the same way it is advising them not to travel to countries like Canada or places like Puerto Rico? We have actually articulated that people who are fully vaccinated um, and uh, who are wearing masks can travel, um, although given where we are with disease um, transmission right now, um, we would say that um, people need to take their own these risks into their own consideration as they think about traveling. First and foremost, if you are unvaccinated, um, we would recommend not traveling. Oh. Doesn't that just sound lovely? Yeah. Stay in your fucking house forever. So be a pseudo-Australian. Like, we don't care. I'm actually glad there was no Fauci in that one. Well, he was sitting there, but he was just like, This comes at the same time when two of the top FDA vaccine leaders are stepping down from their positions. Endpoint News reported on August 31st, sending an internal letter sent to all FDA staff. Marion Gruber, PhD, director of the FDA's Office of Vaccines Research and Reviews, will retire on October 31st. She, she's been with the FDA for 32 years. Phil Kraus also MD, the vaccine office's deputy director, will leave in November, according to the letter from, doesn't really matter. Um, a former senior FDA leader told Endpoint News that the two leaders are stepping down from their roles because they're frustrated that the CDC and its advisory, commi advisory committee on immunization practices are involved in decisions they believe should be the FDA's. The White House's announcements that booster shots will be available on September 20th of 2021 which was made without the FDA's approval. Oh, good. Was reportedly prompted by the two leaders, was reportedly what prompted the two leaders to step down. So the FDA commented saying, losing these two giants who helped us bring so many safe and effective vaccines, bullshit, over the decades of public service will be a tremendous loss. Um, there's also some other people stepping down within the, within the FDA, Rich Bright, former director of biomedical advancement research and development, a couple other people, but... Seems like everybody's jumping ship now at a point where there's almost no going back with this jab and its mandates. Um, having two people kind of up in arms who are at the extreme top of the government agency that regulates whether or not it'll be approved, stepping down because the White House is saying, done or not, boosters going out, kind of a red flag. Yeah. At the same time, yesterday it was also announced that they're developing an oral COVID 
pill. Yeah, it wasn't like multiple times a day or twice a day, every day, like fuck forever. That. Yeah, forever, forever. forever? I mean, ever, for, ever? for as long as <laughs> forever, ever, as long as COVID's around, which it's most spec- never going away. Right. It's the new flu. So, or it's just the flu. Well, you know, you know, but it, it's one of those don't things. Don't put where, my tinfoil hat on. One other thing, I Linda, COVID. You you probably don't care. Noah and I have had it. We have antibodies. We take a lot of vitamins. We work in a high risk situation, but we take care of ourselves. Um, Noah less than me. He has claimed to eat off the floor at work. I wouldn't do that. Uh. <clears throat> but I don't wash my hands probably as much as I should. Uh, I mean, you do live in Big Dick Ronland. Yeah. Ronland, <laughs> and uh, you know it, it's one of those things where it probably hasn't affected you negatively as much as it has for people like Noah and I in California, and even Antoinette, our other host, who's not here today, but in Vegas where they had some pretty strict lockdowns. Um, I'm going to assume you're going to stay on the same narrative that you don't believe anything they say. The whole COVID narrative is bullshit slash you don't care. Yeah. I mean, I had it in December and was it terrible? It was, it was shitty for like three to five days. Okay. I had the body aches. Um, But if they hadn't told you it was a pandemic, would you have just thought the flu was fucked up this year? Yeah, I, I would just think it was a cold. Yeah. It was a cold. It was I mean, me too. I, I know that you say that other people are like, oh, how could you say it's a cold? It's like, that's literally what I would have thought. Like if there was, if nobody had ever said there was this virus going around and I had a headache, I had a fever, I had body aches, uh, and I woke up in a pool of sweat and mm. I felt sluggish for five days. Yeah. What else am I supposed to think? The flu. Cancer? Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to think it's the fucking flu. You know, maybe bad tacos, but and I will say this, you know, a lot of people have this perception that um, Florida is this big free country. Oh, we know it's not. We know it's not. Yeah, you know, sorry. You know, in Miami, we have we have petty little tyrants and they like (laughs) to defy um, Governor DeSantis at every, you know, every turn and every chance they get there's no there's no such thing as just total freedom you have i mean we we definitely had it better than other states but yeah. when when you know march through like almost all of last year we you know we still had a curfew the masks were still in place uh there was our our stupid mayors were giving a hundred dollar fines for people outside if they weren't wearing a mask and then going on cnn to show it off like look what we're doing we're giving fines. This is how we're handling the pandemic, like literally showing off their tyranny. And it was disgusting. Um, so it, it, it's here in Miami, it's a little different. Obviously, once you go, once you leave like Palm Beach, like if you're in red areas, what I was doing last year, especially when our beaches were closed, we would drive up north to uh-huh. another county where the beaches were open. And it was like a night and day difference. It was yeah. like, red Trump supporters, Trump country, a lot of white folks, and they didn't give a shit. I mean, no mask anywhere. So you walk into Publix without a mask. They, you know, nobody bothered you. Like it was another country. I, in 4th of July last year, I was in Jenny Springs, which is about five and a half hours from here. It's a, it's a little town by Gainesville and there's Uh like beautiful Springs. And, um, it was insane. I mean, there was like thousands of people, like nobody gave a shit, you know, everyone's just celebrating good old American way with fireworks, hot dogs, burgers, family, uh, country music, and nobody cared, you know, it was, it was a super spreader event. Um, so you, you leave these three counties, Dade, Broward and Palm beach, which are blue. And it's like a different world. But you went you know? there and you didn't die. 
Imagine that. Weird. Yeah. And now you have antibodies, which are the greatest vaccine of them all. Yeah, just yeah. just like Noah and I. Only other thing I want to touch on, kind of a little bit of a sad news. Hate to do end the show on sad news. Mm. It's been reported and then later confirmed by himself. Pillow Farmer. Oh, no. And Stop the Stealer, Mike Lindell, has been paying a steep price for promoting his belief that the 2020 presidential election issues caused Joe Biden to win unfairly. It's been reported that Mike Lindell has been liquidating a lot of his assets, dealing with the $1.3 billion lawsuit brought on by Dominion, which is going to court and is in litigation right now. Um. Mike talked about it on one of his shows uh, yesterday, and he he has been having to sell off parts of my pillow, some of his shares, and and other assets in regards to continuing to work on stopping the steal and his legal defense. So, according to the Federal Aviation Administration, records reviewed by Salon.com, Lindell through his company My Pillow recently sold off one of his private planes. Several properties. Really? Yeah. A 1993 DeSalt Brigitte Falcon 50 oh. with tail. Those are fancy. Yeah, that, that was the one. Um, and there was one other one. Um, he had an apart- apartment complex, which he owned. He also had to sell that off. And, uh, yeah, it said some of that money went to making sure his cyber symposium went off without a hitch. But an overwhelming majority went in it. Um, to the legal fund that's putting up the defense and getting ready to go to court with Dominion Voting Systems. Um, so yeah, there's that. Mm. Um, you know, we're working on getting a promo code. I think we, I think we got one. I think we we have secured one. It's going to be being, be revealed soon. Nice. Been working hard burning <laughs> the midnight oil. Um, but in the meantime, you know, if you're listening, the guy's a true patriot. At the end of the day, regardless if you line up with his politics, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this show, you do. So. Make sure you get over to MyPillow.com and buy everything that's... I just tried rigged and stolen. It's not a promo code. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> so, Linda, I think even though you're, you might be a little blackpilled right now, you're still a huge fan of Mike Lindell. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's a great guy. I do think some of the things that he has said are a little bit out there. And yeah. Necess- not necessarily true. Um, I, I mean, I don't know uh, why he says some of the things that he says. I do find that to be sad, and I don't know if maybe that's just the media going with that story because right. I do know the sales did significantly go up. I personally bought some pillows. I think it was late last year, if not early this year. I don't know either or. And I remember when I ordered the pillows, um, they they sent me an email saying that it was going to take like a month for me to get them because it was that much demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was under the impression from my sources that work with Mike Lindell that he was actually doing extremely well. Um, so wh- where is that article from? I will just send it to you right now. Um, it's from trendingpolitics.com. Yeah, I'm going to ask a friend of mine who's a really good source and actually works directly with Mike to see if that's true. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt if it's true, but it is it is very unfortunate. Um, he he actually was talking about it on frankspeech.com this morning. Oh, he, okay. he, he didn't All tell right. about the specific things, like the plane and the apartment complex were, like, leaked by salon.com, which is a left-wing hit piece, you know. Yes, yes. But at the same time, he was talking about, you know, 
get having his money diverted in so many like the cyber symposium cost probably hundreds of thousands of dollars three day events he paid for a majority of like the hotel space and stuff like that and then right. he you had him do the uh there was something else he was doing i i can't remember but then just the dominion thing in, in general that's a lot i'm, I'm going to message that to you right now um I think the fact of the matter is, is that, like you said, hopefully he is doing well in in the bigger scheme of things, and we can all just kind of continue to support him like the way we all do. I'm, I think I'm going to get myself some slippers here soon. Man. Well, big show. What do you think, Noah? I like it. Excellent conversation with Bobby Python and everything that he's got going on, running for Senate seat in Illinois. But more importantly, our guest today, Professor Linda. What an amazing first run on Steak for Breakfast for you. To see you online, to only hear you briefly speak on like your Instagram or your stories is one thing, but to be able to sit down and conversate with you and on the level of information that you brought to our listenership today, I'm blessed. I feel it. And I'm extremely excited that you agreed to come on with us, and I hope you had just as lovely a time. Thank you. I did, too. We Definitely enjoyed this conversation. We do want to direct all of our traffic who already doesn't follow you to you in regards to your business, your Instagram any other social medias or, or websites you may have, why don't you tell them where they could find you online? Yeah, so right now my main account, which is Wake Up With Linda's band, um, they said that in 30 days, I think I'll be able to get it back. We'll nice. see. So right now you can go to Wake Up With Linda 2.0 and you'll find me there. All of my links are on my bio. Um, my jewelry business is tagged there and everything else. Um, so that'll be the best way. I am going to start. I've been saying this for a while. I've just been like kind of busy and also black pilled. Um, but Stop I am going to start a show pretty soon. Like oh, that's in the awesome. Whether on Insta and maybe upload it on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, but I definitely will. I'm a huge nerd, as you guys could see. I like do research. Just like my friends are like, why the fuck do you even care about this? I'm like, I don't know. I just like need to know, you know? Like, Good. Um, and um, I, I, I do share and I do want to share more stuff. I think a lot of times if I do stories, it kind of gets like lost in translation or like mm-hmm. mis interpret it so it's always best i think to do a video or audio form yeah for people to really grasp the message and be able to say oh, okay this is what she means you know she's not really saying this it's this um so that that should be coming up within the next like month or so perfect well we'll definitely be promoting that as we do with all of our guests and friends in the community as they come through or are connected to Steak for Breakfast, we make sure we always continue to promote them and support them because we all need to be in this fight together. Being in our own little corners, conversating with our own little friends who only agree with us, we'll never get anything done in regards to the stuff that needs to get done. You know what else needs to get done? People that want to listen to our show. You can find us on every single podcasting platform. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows. Don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share. Um, Show creds this week are going to go to a lot of the usuals. Obviously, Bobby Python and his campaign, Miss Wake Up with Linda 2.0, The Daily Breb, Wonder Woman, Canadians 10, Cagbro 88, Steve Bannon, Not Q War Room, Garbaggio of the Instagram, Garbaggio Families, Emerald Robinson from Newsmax, Miss Christina Bob from OAN, and as always, Tom Pappert of... The National File. Um, don't forget to visit our sponsors. They give us nothing. However, they are American-owned and operated small businesses that help make small businesses great again. We've got Odyssey, 
in-studio recording gear specializing in the headphones department. Get over and see them at odyssey.com. They're and on they Facebook. gave us headphones. Yeah, they did give us headphones. But uh, monetarily, we don't make yeah. anything off of their sponsorships at all, and we never will. We're going to be a patriot-free zone. Um, odyssey.com, Facebook, and Instagram. Man rubs. Don't mistreat your meat. End of the summer, buy some. Sprinkle, rub it, smoke it, throw it in your mouth. It's delicious. Manrubs.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, Stay Ready Gear Holsters. If you don't like anything that they have in stock, this is what you do. You want a picture of your face. You want a picture of your kids. You want a picture of your cat. Send it to them. They'll put it on a concealed carry holster. They'll put it on a couple mag pouches. You name it, they can make it. Still waiting for Noah to get his steak for breakfast uh, holster so we can... Show that off here in the lab. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be nice. West Coast Survival Arms. Mike's got guns. Mike's got ammo. Mike will get you packing heat. Newly redesigned website at westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and by the telephone, 619-870-6992. Tactical gear done right. If you're a first responder, mediocremedic.com, Instagram and Facebook. If you like all the other kind of top-tier patches, shirts, flags, you name it, March Joe Friday, Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us. He's also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Upcoming shows, we got a lot of them, and they're going to be great. We'll be back on Tuesday with Mike Crispy, host of Red, White, and Truth on Right Side Broadcasting Network. He invited us on the show. We declined because we remain Anon, but he's agreed to come on our show in lieu of it, and we'll have Kayla the Fit Patriot. Next Friday, it'll be Jeremy Bravo's first appearance on Steak for Breakfast. Gabby Fox will be on the 14th of September. Hannah Kirkpatrick will be circling back on the 17th, and we'll have Norbin Laden coming back on September 21st. Prince Alex Stein, host of Conspiracy Castle. He's coming on the 24th of September. Kyle Becker of Kyle Becker News will be joining us on the 28th of September. And Alan, the host of the Great Divide podcast, will be sitting down with us on the 1st of October. Um, Friends of the Week, some of the regulars, Axia 8.0, Kaleo 3.1, mostly peaceful memes. The Duke of Memes, who sent us that fire one the other day. Uh, Real Brenda Memes 5, Patriotic American Babe and her new account. And as always... Baby Cakes 2.0. Guys, just a few things to remember in between now and Tuesday that you need to do, and they're extremely important. Do your own research, first of all. Linda just said she doesn't know why she does it, but she does it. I'm thankful that she does. I'm thankful that she brought it to steak for breakfast today, but it's extremely important to do your own research. If you don't like something we say, or you do, figure out if it's correct and do some digging yourself. Hold the line. Ride it. Buy the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. Let's see what happens. And of course, and most importantly, where we go one, we go all. This has been episode 60, Steak for Breakfast. We'll be back on Tuesday, like I said, with Mike Crispy and Kayla Michelle, the Fit Patriot. On behalf of myself and Noah today, see you, Noah. Bye. And Miss Linda, thank you for joining us. We'll be back on Tuesday. Thanks for listening and take care. Do you miss me? They miss me.